is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. By the way, coming up uh, at the end of the show, for those of you listening via the podcast, you'll hear an exclusive interview with Overstock.com CEO Patrick Oh, boy. Patrick Byrne. That's what I thought it was. Uh, interesting guy. And uh, so if you don't listen to the podcast version, go to freetalklive.com and give it a try. Or you can just download the, the one archive. You don't have to subscribe to the podcast. All right. So we're going to take your calls about whatever you want. We're going to start out with David in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Good, uh, good evening, David. Uh, hi, guys. I was recently listening to one of your podcasts. I believe it was August 8th, last Saturday. And... Uh, you guys were asking people to call in if they had been to any of these town hall events with the health care events. Yeah, the, these events that have been shut down. There's been a lot of anger, a lot of uh, clashing between people with different interests, uh, different beliefs. Uh, what was your experience? Well, I have the unfortunate pleasure of having the man who wrote the 1400 health page health care bill as my congressman, or if you want to call him my congressman, uh, John Dingle. Uh, he has been in office for 55 years. Wow. So uh, he's, he's the uh, longest, quote-unquote, serving member of the U.S. <laughs> House in history. Sounds but, like part uh, of the problem so, to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, what, what actually occurred was uh, oh, about 1,000 people showed up to see him in Romulus, Michigan. And uh, they only had room for approximately 175 people in the room. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, we're going to make this a one-hour program, and we're going to split it into two. So there's going to be two one-hour programs. So they only let in approximately a third of the people. Mm-hmm. And there were people outside angry and upset, and people left. And uh, I'm sure you've seen the footage of the man coming in with his uh, cerebral palsy son yelling at John Dingle. Yes, yes. But uh, it was basically a mess because every time someone... Uh, made a point they would they would have a section of the bill with them and say oh but it's right here this is what it says he would go oh well i wrote the bill i would know what it said and that was his response to any kind of outside did argument. he really write 1400 pages i mean don't they normally have that sh- uh, basically shoveled out to underlings and then i wouldn't be writing 1400 pages of course name on it shoveled out to well, he, somebody else well he claims that he wrote it and he's the he's the original sponsor so Either his underlings wrote it, but it's his name is on it as the author. He's the sponsor, but it doesn't sponsor, mean he wrote so. it. Yeah, and and no. also, you know, there's rumor has it that there's there's several versions of this bill in the Congress and the Senate. So uh, who knows what his version had? But the one that was on the internet, I believe, was his. Oh yes, yes. And the, the big thing that people were very upset about was usually what had occurred at a lot of these events. People were able to get a mic and speak, but they took questions that were written down on paper and submitted and they got to choose which ones were answered and that's Uh, all they would answer nice what cowards yep sounds about right it it was pretty well orchestrated by them and uh there were a lot of angry people but it stayed relatively calm which i was i was glad about and i have uh quite a i'm putting quite a few videos up about it there's gonna be a lot of time on the air on, on youtube but it's interesting but i also had something quickly i wanted to talk about with a police event that i had okay sure uh when I moved out to where I am now, back in 2000, it's, it's a rather rural area here in Michigan, where I am, and we have neighbors, and they're approximately, I would say, uh, a couple hundred yards away from, from our house, 
and uh, there, we get very little traffic in our on our road. Mm-hmm. So we were throwing when I, I was only like uh, 12 or so. We were throwing clay pigeons, you know, across the the street into the field across the road, huge area, you know. And we were we were just shooting those, and we don't get any traffic. But our neighbors heard gunshots, so and they're not used to this, I guess. So they called the cops. Okay. And we were in we were inside in our basement working on stuff, and a police officer came to our basement came to our basement window and, and tried to speak to us. And uh, the only response that we would give them was, did you see the trust, no trespassing signs? The police officer goes, <laughs> the police officer goes uh, no, this, this, it's a woman. I guess that doesn't matter. But And uh, my dad just goes, well, you're trespassing, and unless you have a warrant, get off my property. And awesome. She, goes, she, she doesn't know what to say to this. She just went back to her car, stammering, with, like upset on the radio yeah. and her phone, and then she just drove out. Never <laughs> And they they don't they don't bother us anymore at all. Way to go, Dad! That's awesome. Yep. Now wait, you <laughs> said you were twelve at that time. So how long ago would that be for you? Uh, that was back in two thousand. So. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Old, that's yeah. the way to that's the way to approach it, man. Don't don't give them the uh, you know the time of day. The, oh yeah, we 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 were raised to never open the door for the police ever. Like just ignore them. Good for you. Good for your parents. That's the way people should be uh, taught, and we do our best to kind of re-educate folks on that particular issue because there's so much powerful propaganda out there suggesting to people how to handle the police, and it's all—it's almost all c- completely incorrect. Uh, all the movies, the television shows, mm-hmm. everything you always hear, you always see, is people going to the front door, answering it, and, and talking to the police, and it leads to people in, ha- in handcuffs. So many, so often. I might add innocent people. Absolutely. Well, I mean, innocent of any real crime. They might have had a bong out on the table in the uh, the bedroom or something like that, or in the living room. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate the story, David, and actually both stories. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So yet another example of how any kind of meaningful debate is being shut down on this health care issue. Top, too many people showed up. I guess we'll just have to uh, cut the questions section short and make it written only. Yeah, but I guess we're only going to be able to answer the questions we want to answer here. Uh, No hard questions today. Take it up with your congressperson. (laughs) Call the office. Take one of our pre-selected questions out of a hat and read it. (laughs) Did I mention that uh, the office hours have been canceled here in in, uh, New Hampshire? I don't know if I mentioned that on the air. I discovered that yesterday. We had talked in detail about how the representatives for Gene Shaheen, who's the senator in New Hampshire, have been touring around the state doing what they call office hours, which is supposedly a regular event that they have where so-called constituents will come and get to speak with a representative of the senator. So not the senator herself, but one of her underlings. And we were pointing out how they completely changed the format of what this was intending to be, and they they uh, they're pretending like it's just like a one-on-one session now, and it's mm-hmm. you know this is what we've always been doing. This wasn't intended to be a town hall. We were just going to have it at the town hall, but it was going to be one-on-one yeah, at yeah, the town yeah. hall, et cetera, et cetera. And so when we showed up in Keene, they were giving us that same rap, and and they wouldn't, but they wouldn't even meet us one on one. So we decided to go ahead and play by their rules. All right, fine. You know, we'll we'll wait. You meet with those folks. They were here first. That's fine. And then you'll meet with one of us, right? While she meets meets with uh, Brooke from the Freedom Ride, the woman storms out of the meeting. <laughs> Have you seen the footage, Wayne? I did. And you know what kills me? The fact that of course they had built it up originally for this big you know town meeting type thing, and then and now they're calling the underlings caseworkers. 
well, now they supposedly have office hours. I mean, this is not a new thing from what I understand. It's just that what they did was they tra- they changed the office hours in Grafton to a town hall meeting because of the whole health care thing. Then they changed it back to office hours after Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com showed up with his video camera. So by the time they got to Keene, it was after Dave had done his thing in Grafton. That's when they claimed they'd completely you know, gone back to the office hours format of just a one-on-one thing. And uh, you can see the video footage over at Freekeen.com. But I went to Gene Shaheen's website to check and see when the next office hours was going to be, because it's my understanding that the office hours is a regular occurring thing. So even if the health care package wasn't happening, they would still be having these office hours touring around the state for constituents to meet with them. So I figured, well, they wouldn't meet with us uh, this time. Maybe they'll meet with us the next time. Maybe Sam and I and the rest of the activists need to show up at every single office hours until they'll finally meet with one of their constituents. And, you know, I don't think it's fair to, uh, for them to meet with me because I don't pay, you know, federal taxes. So I, I just would be there as a, as a member of the media to record somebody else who actually, you know, does want to talk to uh, these so-called representatives. But when I went to the website, I found out that the next three office hours – that had been scheduled had been now listed as postponed. (laughs) So they've gone ahead and decided to not meet with any constituents at all for the next couple weeks uh, while, who knows, maybe they, they, I think what they're expecting will happen is that things will cool down, yeah. like that, you know, we'll forget. We'll regroup. Uh, right. Well, well, that's just it. it things aren't going to cool down for these people. And so as of right now, Jean Shaheen, uh, the senator in New Hampshire, has canceled all of her office hours for the next uh, couple weeks. And I think it's a direct result of the activism that was happening at them. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, someone could say, well, see what you guys are doing? You guys are interfering. Now they've canceled all the office hours. We could address that in moments. It's free talk live. Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the bulletin board system, over 450,000 posts, There's a lot to talk about there on the BBS. You can go to bbs.freetalklive.com and get interactive for free. bbs.freetalklive.com and audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like the podcast, just like any podcast, actually. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose, and in every genre, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audiobook download. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL to your phone calls about what you want. Dan is in New Hampshire, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Dan. Hi, Ian. How you doing? Dan, good. Are you on a speakerphone? I, I have no other choice at this moment. Okay. Not... It's not bad. Go ahead. Okay, great. I um, just... I, didn't listen to last night's show all night and uh, wanted to know if you guys uh, were talking about William and his uh, little event last night on MSNBC with Chris Matthews and all that. Yeah, this is one of the activists here in New Hampshire, a free stater. He is, I, I guess he moved up a couple of years ago after Porkfest. I think he came to Porkfest and uh, his girlfriend or wife, uh, they decided to stay here and they never went back to wherever it was they were from. 
which was a, was an amazing story on its own. But he was at the Obama event in Portsmouth, and, and we did touch on this last night. I think Ken called in about it. Uh, but he was at this Obama event, and it, he wasn't actually inside the event peri- uh, perimeter. He was outside of that, as I understood, and he was strapped. Uh, he had a gun uh, on his leg, open carrying, as is uh, completely legal here in New Hampshire. But the mainstream media folks that don't live up here, that were here to cover the event, don't understand uh, what that is. They and, were horrified. They were and, freaked out. Yeah, so they flipped out over it, and it actually ended up getting him some coverage on one of their shows, Hardball, where this foaming-at-the-mouth Chris Matthews character just was ranting and generally awful. Uh, But William managed to to handle himself fairly well. As as we said last night, I I can't say any of us would have done a better job. So I I think he did a a fine job. And uh, and I guess there's been some more coverage. He's made it into uh, a few articles, news articles. His name has made it in there. And what, What did you want to observe about it, Dan? Well, I, I've been checking some of the blogs and some of the news articles and stuff like that on the web. Even uh, Mike Rivero at uh, WhatReallyHappened.com is uh, is not being charitable. He's uh, still just a got you know he, he's on GCN just before you guys, and he's right at the end was and I tried to call in I failed but uh, he's saying that oh he's a plant. I know William personally, and and I'm you guys probably do as well. He is not a plan. Well, you know what it was? There was an earpiece he had in his ear that looked like Secret Service. Yeah, or it was a high-end earpiece that he had, and so they thought he may have been an agent provocateur or something because of that. <laughs> sure, because that an agent provocateur is going to have a high-end earpiece in his ear. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, they might have believed that he could have been some sort of federal agent because of that, but people can buy earpieces for things like two-way radios and stuff like that. Uh, but it's very interesting that the conspiracy crowd decided to focus on that as their reason to completely dismiss this and to come up with, you know, nutty, uh, paranoid conspiracies about him. Just shows how easy it is for uh, those folks to just go down, you know, an insane rabbit hole without even uh, checking what they were talking you about. You know, I, th- I think a lot of people right now are a little on edge because they know that these the people trying to push these health care bills through are desperate and they're scared that they're going to be thwarted and so they're afraid they're going to try something more desperate to um, uh, get the public opinion on their side so i understand where they're coming from but in in his case you know uh, i i thought it was funny that chris matthews and a few of them are, are putting it in terms of how dare you have a, a load of gun within a thousand feet of the messiah you know, <laughs> that, that's and he wasn't even, like he wasn't even inside the, the event. He was outside holding a sign. And, and, and if he was going to do something like that, do you think he'd, he'd be, have it right out in his leg showing? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I wonder if uh, what people actually think that the general population is more likely to breed psychos than, in fact, the uh, the sociopaths the in office involved. I mean, the police all are around him all over the place. And they're open carrying their guns, and mm-hmm. you know, the Secret Service has got them, you know, inside their uh, jackets and stuff like that. I mean, you know, what the what the heck? I, you know, are we all, you know, would not all of us jump to uh, interfere with the the uh, somebody trying to kill Obama, even if we don't like him? We we don't want him dead. I don't want to see him. Yeah, I don't want to see him. Fight. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to see anything I happen to him. Well, well who'd I, be I mean, president? You're Biden. And you're armed, uh, Ian. Would would you not? Would you not 
shoot the guy that's about to shoot somebody else? Uh, if it was somebody that I knew and you know wasn't a criminal thug, yeah, maybe I probably okay, would. But I don't know the you know, person. Politicians somebody... are thugs. They're criminals, no, so I don't really care. So, Ian, it's okay if you don't know somebody and they're going to kill him. No, if I know that someone is a thug, then I'm going to allow that thug to get you know shot. I'm not going to step in the way. It's not my fight. I mean, I don't support violence, but I'm not going to uh, get in the way. Does that make sense? Well, I would I would interfere. I would interfere with somebody killing anybody Dan, if they're not threatened themselves. That man sent uh, thousands of pe- has sent uh, people to die around the world. Why would you want to step in the way? Why would you want to save somebody who is has ordered the killings of uh, countless uh, innocent people? Ian, the fact is is that they're not they're going to replace him with somebody that's exactly doing the same thing. I'm not saying the world's going to change. Hey, I'm not saying the world's going to change by, you know, either way of that outcome. I'm just saying there's something I'm willing to put my life on the line for, and th- that would be an innocent person, not somebody no, who's I a mean, criminal. I don't know that I'd be putting my life on my line. If I'm carrying a gun, part of my deal is I'm defending people, innocent people that are... He's not innocent. ...by violence. <laughs> He's not innocent. He is a someone who At does threaton moment, violence. I'm, I'm sorry. I, at that moment, he is. I mean, he may sorry, not be I disagree. in general. I, you know, but the fact is, is that you know, I would interfere. I, I'm okay. sorry. I, I, Good that for would you. Be, but the point is, I, this fellow who was open carrying yesterday meant the president no harm, and right. he was doing it for a reason. He was showing that he could be there uh, pro, uh, protesting outside a place where the president was going to be, and nothing happened. Nobody was hurt or killed. And, and right. to me, that, that's a good statement to make. Right, and I, I think you did, Dan, point out the one thing that I, I wish that he would have said, and I don't want to I, I second-guess our armchair William on this. It could not have been an easy interview. Chris Matthews was screaming at him like he was a madman, like he was foaming, foaming at the mouth. But um, he didn't mention that, <laughs> hey, look, all these police officers and all these uh, uh, Secret Service guys are armed. What's the big deal? Why are they better than me? Are you suggesting you that one has to have the stamp of approval of the government in order to be qualified to carry a, a, a gun? That's a good one. Right. Mark, listen, point. the fact is, too, I, I, he's carrying the sign that says, you know, the tree of liberty needs to be watered, you know, which is referencing that, that quote about tyrants and patriots' blood. And... and and I would, I would have said to Chris, and I understand, I, I'm, I'm really proud and impressed with William's performance. But the fact is, is that I would have said to him that, uh, you know, what, is, is Obama a tyrant? Ah, yeah. It would have been a good way to phrase it. Thank you for the call tonight, Dan. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Would you step in the way of a bullet to uh, save a president, whether it's Obama or Bush or any of them? Would you put your life on the line for one of them? It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. That is the website. It is completely free. There are other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites. We give ours away. freetalklive.com. 
republicmagazine.tv. Are you missing the real news? Get informed and stay informed with Republic Magazine. You can get your free digital copy now or order a print subscription at republicmagazine.tv. That's republicmagazine.tv or call 800-873-1620, 800-873-1620, republicmagazine.tv. I think we stumbled onto an interesting question when we were talking with Dan a few moments ago in New Hampshire about one of the activists here in uh, in New Hampshire during the Obama event that they had yesterday, the, the health care rally. They called it a town hall, but according to the, the handful of activists that uh, that managed to get in, because there's obviously an area in which you had to have tickets in order to enter. And a couple of folks that uh, that we know were able to get those tickets and get in there. And they said this was not a town hall as much as it was just a, a rally, mm-hmm. just a bunch of Democrats and supporters of, of Obama and the government health care system uh, just, you know, chanting and doing their thing. Oh, hail Messiah meeting. So, yeah, there was no opposition of, of any sort there. The opposition was probably more outside, which is where this guy was, uh, William, with his gun, his handgun strapped to his leg, completely open carrying. But the, the question came up that, well, if there was someone who had intended to shoot Obama or you know Bush or whoever the president might happen to be, it doesn't matter. They're all interchangeable to me because I think they're all criminals. Uh, but if if somebody happened to be in the crowd who did have the intention to shoot, the free stater certainly didn't. He just was just open carrying, was completely legal. But if somebody had uh, the intention to shoot at uh, the man on the stage, the president of the United States, uh, would you would you do something? Would you interfere uh, in some way? And I said no, I would not. And I think there's something to forgiveness. I, I do. I'm all about forgiving uh, people that have that have done harm. But I think there's a difference between forgiving somebody and laying your life on the line for that same person. This guy and all the presidents before him have sent people to die. They have sent, uh, they've ordered people dead around the world. They've presided over the most, one of the most violent agencies, uh, ever, organizations ever known to man, the, the U.S. federal government. And for that, they deserve forgiveness. But do they deserve my life? If I wanted to give my life for these people, I'd sign up for the military. So it's not my job, and I wouldn't step in the way. I wouldn't get involved. And, and getting involved means you are going to possibly face death yourself. That, that gunman may turn his gun on you to take right. you out first. Well, uh, that and uh, the Secret Service agents may very well see you and not see the other gunman. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, dear. What are they, yep. what, what's a Secret Service agent going to do if he sees you pull a gun out? When I first yep. heard you say what you said uh, in the last segment... I didn't like the sound of it, and I, I didn't jump all over it because I wasn't you know sure where I was at, but I certainly didn't like the sound of what you were saying. But, you know, in thinking about it, I've got to say that you were right. First, um, you know, the, the Secret Service agents might shoot me if I – and I, I don't have a gun. But if I were to, to be in the scenario, they might shoot me. Then my family's out, uh, a breadwinner. Then what? Um, would Obama throw himself in front of a bullet for, for me? For you? No. That guy thinks he's more important than I am. Yep. And I, you know, I'm certainly not going to throw myself in front of a bullet for him in that same circumstance. Um, Now, that wasn't what the scenario was like. And the other question you have to ask yourself is, if you shoot into a crowd at a gunman who's pulling, uh, you know, who's pulled a weapon to shoot the, the president... There's some serious risk there. Yep. What, what, the bullet could go right through him and hit somebody else. Right. You might kill or the you guy. Could miss. You could uh, you could also shoot the person right next to them, but through him. Yes. Yeah, there's all kinds of uh, damage. Now the the question is, would I be willing to you know? Uh, 
who would I rather see dead, the gunman or the president? I, you know, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I kind of have to thug. say that. I kind of have to say that I'd like to see the gunman dead before the president, but um, I, I can see your point on it, Ian. I'm not, I'm not, yep. not chasing. That's that's where I'm at. But would I like to see an innocent person in the crowd dead no instead of the uh, mm. along with the gunman and the the president survive? I don't think that I necessarily Mm-mm. would. Nope. As far as I'm concerned, the president took his risk as stepping up um, sure to did. to be the president of the United States, and he knew he would be a target. Um, and that's that's his risk to to have taken. He d- he made that decision. The person in the crowd did not make a decision to risk their life um, that day. You know, uh, this this all remind this whole scenario of do you get involved reminds me of that story from the guy from injusticeeverywhere dot com, which I was on his site the other day, and they've shut it down. Apparently, they've, uh, it's been too much to keep it running, which is sad. Uh, but the guy who we we had told this lengthy story, and it took us an entire hour to tell the story, that he was in a bar and he saw a fight happening, and he decided to do what he thought was the right thing and and step in and try to break the fight up. Well. The crowd that was in that particular bar, I guess they thought he was actually involved in the fight because he had stepped in, and so he ended up being beaten within inches of his life from that particular crowd. The police did nothing to help. They actually hurt him even more and beat him and dropped him and slammed his head into the the police car and denied him medical treatment, and then when all was said and done and they realized he wasn't the actual uh, guy that had had done the stabbing because it was a stabbing that actually ended up uh, occurring there, that it wasn't him, they decided to not go after the actual criminal because had they gone after the criminal, they would have had to have closed the case, and if the case was closed, then the, uh, the gentleman who were talking about would have been able to get sue. some of those records and yeah. would have been able to sue them for how they treated him. So the case still remains open today. And even though they know who the, the stabber was, he's still out on the streets. So the whole thing was just an absolute tragic situation. But to, to, uh, to make everything worse, he found out later on that the guy he'd saved was the guy that had gotten stabbed or the guy that he had uh, gotten involved in to save was a, a skinhead. He had a Nazi tattoo on his chest. I mean, mm-hmm. so so you took your your freedom in your hands. Uh, you decided to place it on the line, your safety. You placed that on the line to save somebody you thought was worthy of saving. And maybe he was. Maybe you could say, well, still he's still a human being. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from there. But the less you know about a scenario, the less likely mm-hmm. you should you should get involved. Yeah. If you know both of the people that are that are fighting, I think it, it makes sense to uh, you know to step in. Or if you know one side, and maybe it makes sense to step in. But if you're talking about a total, you know, coming into a situation completely blind uh, and and getting involved, there's some serious risk there as uh, as that guy found out so was it the right thing to do to get involved in that particular case it certainly doesn't seem like it as far as the consequences are concerned would it be right to uh, to step in the way of uh, of a gunman who is or, or or possibly make yourself the target of somebody who is attacking a, a president obama bush whoever i say no well the secret service Not would my probably job. be all over that anyway yeah. anybody within eyeshot of the president the secret service has got people all over the place they've got snipers already i mean i don't think you'd have to get involved with that and uh, any situation like that i think you have to take on a case by case basis anyway I think we actually have uh, William on the line with us here, the peaceful open carrier uh, from, I think it was yesterday's rally in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire. William Kostrick, is this you? Indeed it is. Hey. William, you did a great job against that pinhead uh, Chris Matthews yesterday. You held your own really well. We're all proud of you. Thank you. I was, uh, I was uh, sweating bullets. I, th- I think you can actually uh, see if, uh, if they had higher quality images up there that I was sweating. Of course, that wasn't all. It was actually pretty hot in that uh, broom closet with the, uh, with the lights on and all. I'll bet. 
So uh, so you were out there. You're a Free State Project participant. You moved here a couple of years ago. As I understand, it was uh, you stayed here after Porkfest, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And you went out yesterday. You had a sign that uh, was – well, paint the picture for us. Uh, tell us the story. Uh, well, I was um, – the, the day before, I wasn't uh, really aware of the uh, event. Um, I was doing some, some other activism with some friends, and uh, uh, they brought it up. And I said, hey, you know – Somebody should uh, should be there and uh, and and open carry and everybody looked at me sideways like I was a loony bin. So I said, "Well, I, I must guess, be me. I guess it must be me." So uh, there I went. Um, as far as the sign goes, that sign was left over from the um, uh, the uh, HR six rally um, uh, from the state house, and uh, it just it, it was just happened to be left over. It was. It was one of the only signs that we had laying around, I picked it up on the on the on the way out. So now, this can you uh, can you recount what the sign said for our listeners that have not seen the footage? Um, it said, "It's time to water the tree of liberty," and that uh, we carried that same sign in front of the state house. Uh, just a few months ago. I tell you what, I want to bring you back here. Can you hang as, on? As a matter of fact, can, can you hang on for a bit, William? Yes, we're, again. We're going to bring you back here in a moment. It's 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, we have the man on the line, William Kostrick, who was uh, made, a, made a bit of a name for himself yesterday by having the courage to open carry in the vicinity of uh, Obama. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away the features. They are free. freetalklive.com features, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, they're right there on the front page. You can click and download. Totally free. Freetalklive.com. And you also need to know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at liberty in your lifetime. Because if you're frustrated where you live, if you're frustrated with a lack of freedom and tired of the state intruding into your business and personal life, and if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org, and you'll join people like William Kostrick, who is on the line with us right now, uh, also here in New Hampshire, moved up a couple years ago. And, uh, William, I mean, how's it been so far? I mean, just as far as your experience here in New Hampshire compared to where you come from? I uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. The uh, the uh, winter, of course, wasn't uh, as, as bad as I thought. Um, I... Uh, was a little more sedentary than I should have been, but uh, the the people are fantastic and and now aren't you from made up for aren't, anything else? Aren't you from Arizona or one of those very very hot southern states? Indeed, Arizona. I'm I'm pretty comfortable at uh, 95 98 degrees. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's good because we're from uh, Florida, and also one of my biggest concerns was the you know the issue of the winter. And I have to agree with you. I mean, having been a, a Florida native, uh, been down there for 26 years of my life. Uh, the winters aren't so bad. Yes, it does get cold, but just don't stand out in it forever, and you'll be okay. It's it's probably not as bad as it is on the tundra. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, so we've got you on the show tonight because you made some news yesterday uh, for having a gun, you open carrying a gun, or a GD gun, as uh, Chris Matthews would say on, on Hardball. But, uh, I don't know how he got away with that either. Well, I don't know either. Who knows? But uh, he, uh, they're, ble- they're bleeping it now when they replay it. Oh, interesting. 
Well, you were uh, you were there with your open carrying, which is fully legal here in New Hampshire. Of course, the mainstream media guys don't realize that, and so they got in all a tissy about it. There was a report about you first, and then they grabbed you for uh, for the interview. Which you know, as uh, as much of a jerk as that guy is, as Mark pointed out last night, it is called hardball. So you know, I guess that's to be expected. Uh, and I was a little surprised that they they made the interview as long as it was. I mean, they they spent an entire show, what looked like an entire show segment on you, uh, about seven plus minutes. So. Uh, of an interview. So did you feel like you were able to really get your side out, even though it was uh, such a, an intense situation? It, it, uh, I, I really did. And uh, I was um, pretty excited about it afterwards. That, when I first walked out, I was, I was like, oh, man, that was, that was bad. But uh, when, I, when I looked at it and, um, online, I was like, well, I think I came out of that uh, pretty unscathed, so I was happy about that. We would agree. What, now, there's a rumor going around that there's more to this story than was re- that was revealed last night when we were talking about this. I have heard that somebody, uh, some union guy, some union enforcer or something like that, came by and kicked you in the crotch. Is that true? Uh, that is not true. Uh-huh. Um, but 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 there is uh, a backstory there, and I'll tell you. I just want to mention real quick. That uh, one thing that struck me as funny, and I've, the, you know, this story is, is everywhere. While I was there, I was interviewed in person by uh, the Wall Street Journal, um, the, mm. the Boston Globe, the Post, um, at, at least eight or nine uh, news outlets uh, while I was there. Plus, I don't know, it's been picked up by 60 or 70 forums, blog sites, etc. Everywhere I've tried to get out um, for, for people to... Uh, correct a few mistakes uh, that MSNBC has blatantly put out there. One, uh, they announced that my firearms were registered, uh, which is not true. They're not, and they're not required to be. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the, the other thing that I, that, I, that I really wanted to people to get was just a few months ago, I was at the State House I, with the exact same outfit, same sign, same firearm, Walking in and out of the state house among our legislators, no problem at all. And so uh, somehow, I guess, getting not even within sight of Obama mm-hmm. is a bigger deal than walking <laughs> around and mingling with all of our state representatives. This is a very, very important bureaucrat that we're talking about here, William. Well, it's, it's an excellent yeah. observation, William. I hope you uh, got the opportunity in some of your many interviews, and I know there's more scheduled here. I think you're going to be on the Alan Combs show tonight. Uh, hopefully you've gotten the opportunity at least a few times to plug the Free State Project. Uh, I did uh, just today, believe it or not, on um, Inside Edition of all places, although <laughs> they misquoted uh, and, and called it the Free State Movement. Uh, so... Oh, I wonder if you Google Free State Movement, you'll probably it'll probably come up. I'll tell worth, you in a second. Worth a look here. Actually, we've got somebody on the line that wants to talk to you. It's Matt uh, from Illinois, and he's on the amp line. Matt, you're on with William in New Hampshire. Hey, hey, William, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, I'm uh, pretty 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 exhausted. It was a really long day yesterday, and and I really didn't sleep uh, last night. I was pre- preparing for stuff today. Got got you know a ton of both fan mail, hate mail, and then. Uh, setting up uh, appointments for today. But aside from being tired, I'm, I'm doing well. Well, you probably don't remember me, um, but at the uh, Liberty Forum, uh, when I first arrived at 8 o'clock on Thursday morning at the hotel, uh, you were like the first uh, free stater that I met. And I was really awesome. impressed uh, when I met you. I, I, I you know, just felt like you were a good guy. You were very gregarious. By good guy, do you going. mean wild-eyed madman? <laughs> um, 
Well, you know, I get along real well with Walmart or something. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and um, since I since I uh, since you I called just before you got on, I thought I'd take this opportunity to say I think you did a really great job on uh, Chris Matthews. And I heard you on uh, the Alex Jones show, and I thought you did a really good job on his show too. Okay, and I really appreciate it. Well, any other thoughts tonight, Matt? Uh, no, just that uh, you know I'm I'm very seriously considering moving to uh, to New Hampshire in October now. Awesome, thank you for the call tonight. I'm sure a lot of people appreciate hearing that, and and hopefully the more of this stuff that happens, the more just wonderfully outrageous events that occur here in New Hampshire that draw more attention to this movement, the better, because the right people will perk up when this stuff happens. The right people. The information will come across their uh, their view. They will see this, and they will see something happening here that is just not happening anywhere else. Get excited by it. Go to freestateproject.org, sign the statement of intent, and make it a point to move here sooner rather than later. Don't wait till twenty thousand. I mean, you certainly and don't didn't. wait um, to to uh, to sign up to move or any. Or don't wait um, till you're going to move to sign up. Do it sign now. up today yeah. because that's what it means. It means that you sign up now and then you're sort of living towards that. It doesn't mean that you know the day before you move or anything like right. that. That's when you sign up. It you know it's just an intent to move. So, William, uh, you, you made the choice to move here immediately after attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival a couple of years back. Is that right? Uh, well, we uh, were moving here, and the move coincided with the Porcupine Festival. So we arrived during the Porcupine Festival and, and never left. Ah, lovely. Excellent. So, as you said, you've been enjoying things so far. There's, of course, a lot more to come here. And would you also encourage people that may have been thinking about moving sooner or later to move sooner and, and just get here and, and plug in and get active? It, it, you know, absolutely, and, and plugging in is, is the key. As soon as you, you meet the people, it, it's, it's amazing. It, it's a fantastic support group. Well said tonight. Anything else you want to I wouldn't have done what I did uh, in, in another state where I had no backup, no support, uh, no moral support um, at all. Why, Mark, why would there be a rumor going around about him getting kicked in the, uh, the testicles? Uh, you know, that's, uh, the, the, the rumor I, I, was there's I video, video of it. <laughs> Maybe they're I, I, confusing I him with somebody else. There have been some people in other states at some of these demonstrations who have been harassed by, quote, uh, union thugs, but I guess it wasn't William. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to that story right now. Um, okay. There was a gentleman who was a very, a very large man and very overbearing. There is a video of the incident. I can't positively say... Uh, that he was with a union that seemed to be the general consensus uh, among others. Anyways, um, he was leaning, you know, we were all required to be behind the uh, yellow police line, and he had walked up and was sort of leaning over the police line, uh, screaming at, the, at, at us, just being very, um, very aggressive, very hostile. Hmm. And uh, he was actually getting right up in uh, Dennis Goddard's face, and, and um, yeah, I didn't know... Uh, he really seemed like he was going to get violent. Um, as I approached him, you could see the the adrenaline was really moving. You know, his face was twitching, his hands were shaking, and he looked like he was about to, uh, you know, possibly assault him. Um, so uh, there were plenty of folks uh, with cameras, and, and uh, uh, some of us gathered gathered around and kind of uh, were slowly backing him down, and he did attempt 
to kick someone in the testicles. Wow. It wasn't me. It was the gentleman standing next to me, and that guy managed to sidestep it. But he did make the attempt. Amazing uh, that he would do something. By kicking him in the groin. Amazing he would do something so brazen in front of all of those video cameras. I thank you for calling in tonight and thanks for sharing that story and keep up the great work out there, okay, William? You bet. Appreciate hearing from you at 800 259 9231. More coming up. Hour two is on the way. Scare stories about militias coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into hour number two of the program. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want. We'll go to Renix in New Hampshire. Renix, you're on Free Talk Live on the amp line. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Renix? Well, uh, I was just listening to William's story, and he uh, sort of a little bit got into uh, that union guy. He was all threatening at the... Uh, the rally in Portsmouth the other day. This was the Obama and, rally uh, where uh, William had been open carrying and made a bit of national news coverage uh, as a result of that. And apparently you were nearby? Yeah. Uh, well, a bunch of us, uh, at this point, he was already removed from like the school property and we were on the church property. And uh, this big, burly uh, guy came up and we had his friend and he was t- you know, really threatening. Dennis, Got- Dennis Goddard from the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance was there, was there mm-hmm. uh, myself and uh, William, and De- and another activist. And he had two cameras on him, and he was just uh, trying to pretty much yell at us the merits of government-run uh, medical care. Okay. And <laughs> like saying how efficient Medicare was and how efficient Medicaid was. <laughs> and... I just laughed. I did exactly that. I sat up there and I, I, I laughed at him. I was like, oh, my God, really? And at which point he really just lunged and kicked me. And I sort of just backed up and put my hands down and swat, you know, tried to stop his foot. And at which point William just uh, really just lost it. Well, not lost it. He got really mad. He threw his sign down and really tried to get in front of the guy. And just a big, burly, goony guy, like, he just was – Hmm. raging with anger. I couldn't really understand how someone could be so mad over something. And it just really seemed like he was trying to get in our face. So any and, idea uh, when this footage is going to be available online? Um, well, see, there are two. 
then, well, afterwards, right after that, Dennis Goddard got into his face and he got spit on. Like he spit at Dennis's face, and wow. it was a big like hoopla. And so, I believe he has to get together with uh, another activist and get their footage together, and they're trying to splice it into an, a one big video. Great, yeah, but, that uh, definitely sounds like something that uh, could could get a lot of views. Yeah, and at which point, like they walked and like you know got away from us. Uh, through the crowd, at which point we tried to get the cops, you know, follow them, and they all sort of just like looked at us and turned their heads to the side, like you know, like a dumb dog, and we we're just like, what, you know, what's going on? And you know, and away they went. It was like, you know, nothing ever happened. So the cops <laughs> did nothing. So basically, you no. would ask the cops to protect and serve, and they decided to use their discretion, which they do uh, from time to time, uh, and not do anything. Is it possible nope. that maybe somebody was trying to provoke a fight to get you guys arrested? Well, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know about getting us arrested, but he definitely was looking for a fight right off the bat. I mean, just his demeanor, you know. I mean, he was – I'm a tall guy. I'm like six foot three, and he was at least two or three inches taller than I was. And just looking down, you know, and Dennis Goddard is a tiny, not like a very tall man. And he's standing, you know, right, you know, you know toe-to-toe with him, just trying to talk to him. And just his demeanor right off the bat was very, like, you know – really wanted to, you know, was really angry. The reason and, you bring that up, Wayne, is because it's been, uh, there There have been lots of instances of police provocateurs that are essentially out of uniform, but still cops, and they their purpose is to stir up violence. Their purpose is to encourage people to uh, to not think and to just, you know, follow their instincts and, and get violent and, and do damage. And I don't know if they're allowed to actually kick first, I don't know if a, if a provocateur would be allowed to do something like that, but we've certainly heard things uh, where you know they are throwing bottles and, and doing other semi-violent things in order to incite. Right. So it was a, I think it's a possibility. And he was within the official police line area, right? Well, yeah, he was like walking down the street. I mean, there was a lot of foot traffic going back and forth. Once you got to the school property, you pretty much had to show that you had a ticket in order to be able to let in. Mm-hmm. But there was enough leeway where he could have just been walking to one side or the other to get into the protest. So no one has point, any we idea. On the outside. So so he's pretty much anonymous. Nobody has any at this point uh, any idea who no. this guy is. No, I, I, up until there's footage. I mean, I'm guaranteeing there's footage of his face. So I mean, there will be a photo of him at at some point in the future. Excellent. But well, I hope yeah, we can. I, I hope somebody sees that. I, I hope that when it comes out. Uh, it's made easy to access, and, and maybe, I don't, I don't know if it'll get posted over at uh, Free State Blogs or something like that, but get it up there so people can see it. And if this guy lives in New Hampshire or northern Massachusetts, you know, there may be a good chance that somebody that uh, spies him on the, the footage will be able to identify him and, and let us know exactly who he is. You know, does he work for the uh, union, as is, uh, was speculated? Is he a cop? Uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah so, that's a good idea. So, Renix, what's your story? I mean, you're a Free State Project participant, I presume, or what? Yeah, in fact, I uh, I, I called you up uh, about a month ago. I was the electrical engineer that was just up and moving. And, and I up and moved, so I, I, I've been in New Hampshire for just about over a week, a week and like two or three days. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> this is one of the first things I got into is... You know, pretty much being there and seeing William getting interviewed over and over and over again, you know, with, you know, pretty much hundreds of people around him. That's great. So it was a, it was a pretty exciting day. So so even though you were physically attacked uh, in your, within your first week of activism here in New Hampshire, <laughs> uh, you haven't been dissuaded? No, absolutely not. It's been a blast, actually. We've met a whole bunch of uh, of people and uh 
you know, I know my way around the state pretty well now also. You know, I got Manchester and the Nashua area down. and mm-hmm. I haven't been over the Keene yet, but I'm trying to make my way over there on a Sunday at Super. some point. So are you feeling pretty good so far about your decision to move to New Hampshire to, to uproot your life from wherever you come from and get active for freedom here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't trade in for anything right now. So Cool. <laughs> Thanks for the story tonight. Glad you're okay, and I appreciate hearing from you. All right. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. I mean, I could see how being physically attacked within the first week of getting active would be a bit of a you know dissuasive factor. Mm. Well, um, good for him. He, it feels good. Uh, he he managed to block the guy, and it feels yeah. really great to have uh, you know he he essentially won that to physical con- confrontation without harming the other guy, and that's a really great feeling. I've got to yeah, say, it is. It, what, what's interesting about that is usually a big guy like that will try to grab you, you know, use his upper body, but the fact he tried to kick him was a little strange. There was a barricade between them, though, wasn't there? I mean, the basically... A police line. Oh, there was a police line? Okay. That's what they said, I think, earlier. It just seems to me it would be more difficult for someone initially to pick that up on camera as the first blow. Is it... You know what I mean? Well, they were rolling, uh, I think, just because he was getting in their face. Mm -hmm. So... Good idea. Yeah. And and again, here you are, a perfect example of where having uh, video cameras with you helps keep people safe i mean yes. who knows if this guy would have been more violent than he was uh he may have been aware of those cameras being there and that may have helped him mitigate his behavior to some extent and if he does get violent as he did you've got evidence you know you've got conclusive proof that this guy struck first so having a camera around is valuable from the perspective of if the cops mess with you and it's also valuable if some uh, hothead Mm-hmm. outside of a uniform messes with you. And multiple cameras is even better. Of course, because then they can't just target the one cameraman. Then, Because if you've got a violent person and one cameraman, they may target the cameraman first, take the cameraman out, and then go after whoever it was they'd, they'd wanted to go after. I, I recall there was a time when there's this, there's this big uh, oaf guy that uh, walks around downtown Keene, sometimes with his shirt off, and uh, you want to talk about men going topless that, that shouldn't. He's one of them. <laughs> Uh, but he, I guess he's some sort of former military guy and not the brightest bulb in the basket. But we were out doing a peace protest a while uh, a while back. This was probably the first year I was here in New Hampshire. It was Russell and Kat from the New Hampshire Free Press and a few other folks. And we were out by the post office. This guy walks up and starts to get into it with uh, with Kat over, you know, war, apparently. He's anti-peace. So I was coming across the street at that point with my video camera. Roger, one of the other uh, videographers up here, was there as well. A veteran videographer and a veteran from the... uh the military for, uh, marine i believe uh, you don't you use the term former marine as opposed to ex-marine okay well he was there and he had his video camera and i came up and this guy did not like the fact that uh, the cameras were being trained on him but he was the one that was getting uppity and getting loud so if he hadn't have gotten in our face the cameras never would have come out in his direction but uh he got very upset about it and he started coming after me and Kat and Lauren basically uh, saved me. They they protected me from this guy. They stood in front of him, and they kept moving. In fr- he'd try to, try to get around him, and they'd just move in front of him wherever he tried to walk, so he couldn't even get close to me. It was, uh, it was an amazing show of how uh, peace did actual, uh, peaceful methods led to peace, because he backed down after yeah, a while. female bodyguards. More coming up. You take control. Take whatever I can get. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, take control of the airwaves, toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wade. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We have a lot of features. We give them to you free. The wiki is included. 
There are over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive for free. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or living trust, even register a trademark. Empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com. You can use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com. Let's continue taking your calls about anything. We'll go to Johnson in Connecticut on the amp line. Hello, Johnson. Hey, how's it going? Um, There was an email that you guys received last night, I believe from someone by the name of Bill, who was emailing about... uh, some noisy neighbors and asking for a libertarian solution to uh, solving his problem of some rather obnoxious neighbors. Mm -hmm. And I heard you guys give some responses, and particularly Mark's, you know, call the cops uh, response. Well, I think Mark's response, to be fair to Mark, was uh, to try to work it out on a neighborly basis first. I know, I'm just just harassing Mark. Um, Actually, I've, I've been in this situation before, and I actually have called the police in the past. Um, and, I, and I've thought about this uh, a good deal, and I was actually surprised because I was expecting someone in there to say, offer them money. And I'm surprised I didn't have, you know, nobody said, everybody sort of took, took it from the standard approach, which is, I deserve to have a quiet home and, and you know, whatnot. And, Ian, I, you know, I heard you say, well, it's your responsibility if you moved into an area where you don't have any deed restrictions, um, you know, it's your fault. It's your problem. Yes. Well, if it is your problem and you do believe in this libertarian philosophy, then I would think that the next logical step would be make an offer. You know, say, I'm willing to, you know, go over the person, you know, have an agreement and say, look, I like quiet during these hours. I'm willing to offer you, say, $40 a month. You know, come up with a figure. Say, and I'm willing to offer you this. And then if they break it, you can not pay them that money, and suddenly they've got something that suddenly hurts them because it's, it's almost like the same way, the same tactic the, the government uses on states, so for example. If I'm, if I'm uh, in an apartment complex and then uh, my neighbor you know, that, that I have this deal with then tells, his, tells my neighbor on the other side uh, the kind of deal he's got going, and then my neighbor above me and then my neighbor below me, pretty but soon I'm dishing out. the contract is the contract needs to be remain private. How would you, how would they know? Words, you can't mention this to someone else. How, but how would they know? Them. I mean, it's, you know, they just start turning up their music um, loud. You know, I mean, you couldn't prove that your neighbor told anyone if, if your next door and the other neighbors are uh, mm-hmm. turning up their music real loud in order to uh, cash in. I mean, obviously they're not going to say, hey, I want my 40 bucks too. They're going to start turning well, their music up so you're motivated. This, I would never, ever for a second do this crap. Um, look, it's your responsibility to be quiet during these right, hours. But then again, you also don't necessarily, when it comes down to it, believe in the freedom of, the freedom option. Right, you let's would not rather have it come down to the cops going and enforcing and pointing guns at people. Mark, I disagree. Apparently you do too. You Mark, you apparently you do too because you called them. Mark, you said it's your responsibility to be quiet, but it's not unless they have some sort of pre-existing agreement. I don't think Johnson in the exi- like in the example of a duplex where you only have one neighbor to deal with, I think it's a right. fine solution. I right. think it's a last-ditch solution, but it's, you know, it's something. If you don't want to ha- have to move out of the house, uh, then it's something. Because how did it work out with the cops when you called the cops, Johnson? How did uh, actually, yeah, and to be fair about that, that was a very, very long time ago. I, I believe I was still in college at the time. Um, and how it worked out, um, not well. I mean, the cops came out once. I believe the neighbors got fined. You know, and I had, I had tried to work it out with them, you know, several times talking to them. Um, and it didn't really do anything. I mean, they they got fined and continued to play the music. <laughs> um, you know, 
do believe, uh, I, I think at one point, uh, my girlfriend at the time had gone over and talked to the wife of uh, the, the guy who was living there, and I guess it was the guy who was turning up the music, and she did something for a while, and you know, they reached some sort of an amicable solution for a very short time, and whenever I think the wife was home, they would be quiet. So I think that if it were to be a respectable, you know, hey, man-to-man, I, this is something I want, I understand, I don't want to call the cops on you, I don't want to bring law enforcement in, I understand that this option is on the table, I don't want to do that. I'd rather we resolve this peacefully, and I'm prepared to offer you money. I don't think somebody's, you know, and you, you come with agreements, I don't think somebody's going to look that in the mouth. I mean, I think most people would go, wow. Forty dollars a month, or, or whatever. Yeah, oh, I, I, I'm absolutely sure. I'm sure that you could uh, probably get people to do what you wanted them to do with this kind of money. But I also think that they would then be looking for other things to do to screw with you, so that you could then get write them a bigger check. And pretty, I mean, you're you're essentially creating an entitlement here. And then when the noise gets louder than you want, they're gonna be, oh man, I wasn't loud. There was one night we had a party. Whatever, I want my check. And, uh, I, and you just <laughs> say no. Yeah, well, yeah. then then you're creating conflict again. That's just it. I'd rather I'd gonna, rather move away, not deal with uh, what people if they like want, that. What if they say, you know, what if they come to you and say, you know, man, I've got the the kid. It's Christmas time. The kids need presents. Um, I I need some more money. And what are you going to do then? Well, go get a job. Gotta, <laughs> well, then they're going to start cranking yeah, up the music again. <laughs> I mean, you you created. You're in the you you definitely love to go to the land of the ridiculous. No, you believe me. The kind of people that turn their music up late, um, loud late at night are to me the definitely the kind of pe- people that would uh, be created. You know, would see this as an entitlement at some I'm point. I'm sure you know a whole bunch of them. <laughs> What? what? I, man, I've been on this planet more than you. Yes, You've I have. You've tenants. Not that much longer. I've, I've had tenants. I've lived in apartment complexes. I've lived in all kinds of places. Sure, I've had people that I, turn their I music that, up too I loud. Think it's a, I think it's a solution that could work in some instances, and in others it, uh, it wouldn't work. And I, you know, if you're not willing to move out, I think it's a creative option that uh, should be considered. Thanks, yeah. Johnson. You like being somebody Thanks else's bitch. Thanks for the call, dude. I appreciate bitch. it. All right. Well, you know, it's an option, Mark. Uh, something to consider. Yes, I, I guess that's always been an option for me. Eight hundred. You paid your neighbors once to clean up their yard. Yep, but that was a one-time situation. Still similar kind of uh, deal. What if you hadn't sold the, your house? Oh, and the, the, I was I was on you my try- way out. You were trying to sell your house, mm-hmm. and the neighbors next door had a trashy yard. Yep. And I could never have gotten. I, I they didn't have. They don't have an obligation to. Uh, yeah, tell the story real quick. And you paid them money to clean up the yard while you. You were trying to sell your house, so as prospective buyers came over, the neighborhood would look a little nicer and it'd be an overall general uh, better appearance uh, to your property because the property next door looked nicer. But if it t- if it had taken you several months to sell that house, you would have had to pay them several months in a row to keep that property clean, wouldn't you? Then you'd Perhaps. be their bitch, wouldn't you, Mark? No, I don't. I don't agree with that. No, sounds I mean, real similar to me. I'm not gonna. I'm not talking about paying rent to somebody else over here every month so that I can uh, live in their property. That's crazy, as far uh-huh. as I'm concerned i these people did did not have a legal obligation to keep their yard clean this was uh you know this they don't have a legal obligation to keep their uh, volume down either the heck they don't no they don't yes they do no they don't they have a legal obligation how is that obligation created they moved in there and the damn laws were there nope sorry that doesn't work yes it does they knew what it was just because there are words on paper somewhere moral and legal that they keep their noise down at night people need to why don't you be responsible and move somewhere where you have a pre-existing agreement rather than relying on arbitrary government diktats protect you, Mark. As Johnson I mean, pointed gu- out, not a do- gosh he darn called gu- the cops and they didn't do jack squat rather than find the people and cash in themselves. Johnson didn't see any money out of that deal. 
Sure he didn't. And but they didn't Johnson, turn the music down. He's the one who deserves to get paid off, not those people. But it didn't work out that way, did it? Even though he called the cops in with their I'd precious never, laws. Never, Enforcing their it. awesome, precious, precious laws. In that laws case, that their law on. is moral. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Do you, you think that there are immoral? You, th- you think that all laws are immoral? Laws against murder? More Stealing? on the way. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Style toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And we invite you to our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there. Dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo and video, which means they've proven that they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. I've been taking this new vitamin. It's called Choose for Health super fruit complex it tastes mm. like a sweet tart on steroids it's uh, both a vitamin and an antioxidant all in one Con- contains goji mangosteen acai nani fruit and these four super fruits contained in uh, choose for health are considered to be by many ex- experts to be the most nutritious and r- nutri- nutrient rich fruits the world has to offer you can get a, a free week of it by calling 800-219-8874 it's a free week all you have to do is pay shipping and handling 800-219-8874 choose for health all right, let's continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Dave is in Nevada, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Dave. Dave, in the, you're on the hey, air. Hey, can you hear me? Yep, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, so um, I just wanted to call and talk about dealing with status. Please. Um, I, you know, like many of us, um, you know, I there's a couple of Internet forums that I'm on, and one of them is just full of liberals. Um, full of liberals, okay. Yeah, it's 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 mainly a parenting website, you know, because I, I have four kids, and we talk about you know parenting and kids and all that junk, but we talk about politics a lot too. Mm. And um, I'm the only person that's not you know a Democrat on this website, and um, you know, so sometimes I get into heated discussions. You know, I try not to argue or anything like that. Um, you know, I've been listening to Free Talk Live long enough to kind of develop my, I guess, my style. Um, but one of the guys on this website is a lawyer, and I mean he's die hard, you know, pay your taxes, is your sure. civil li- civic, civic duty, and elected officials, and blah blah blah. blah. Well, his living depends on your obedience. <laughs> and, I, and actually, I pointed that out to him, and um, and you know it, this was like the most hardcore status I've ever talked with or dealt with. I guess you can say talking, typed at. I guess I should say, and. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally, you know, I just got to the point, um, you know, where I try and point out all the flaws in this argument, and then finally, you know, I just found the be- and the best way to deal with them was like, look, man, um, you know, I I advocate peace and love and, um, you know, understanding, and you advocate violence, tyranny, and aggression, and that only leads to, you know, um, you know, more violence, tyranny, and aggression, you know, and, and I finally used the line that you, I've heard you guys say over and over again, is be the change you want to see in the world. And, um, you know, it, it, that finally just shut them up. 
Yeah, well, and, uh, once you take the once you take the peace position and you get away from all of the minutia of the issue of the moment, because when you're having a discussion with somebody, there's usually an issue that kind of generates it. And if it's, you know, cleaning up the environment or whatever, it, there are certain persuasive techniques that you can use. And I highly recommend uh, the Advocates for Self-Government to learn some of these things. They've got a great audio series over there, also a book called The Secrets of Libertarian Persuasion. Good stuff. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're entering in on some sort of issue, so you can hopefully find somewhere you can agree. But as you're saying, this guy's a dyed-in-the-wool status. He's probably disagreeing with you on everything. And, uh, you know, th- there's just a certain point at which it's it's appropriate to... Uh, to to let that person you know let that person go. I, I don't actually recall where I was going to go with that point. So, um, well, well, we, were, talking... we were talking about like you know peace. Like he was. Oh yeah, you took the peace position, which uh, you yeah. know, which basically takes it down to the root. You know, striking at the root, the root of the issue is you support voluntary organization uh, of human beings, and he doesn't. And once you take the position of peace, then he's left with a position of conflict, even if that's not the one that he wanted to appear to be representing. Uh, once you've embraced peace uh, publicly, then wh- where can they be? Where can they stand in relation to you, except for outside of peace? Yeah, this this guy, you know, I was. We were talking about taxes, and, you know, I was saying, yeah, you know, I don't – like, I didn't file my income tax from California for last year. I'm not paying – I'm not paying my taxes now, um, and that just set him off, and, and he was like, oh, well, you know, I hope you go to jail. I hope your wife goes to jail. I hope Child Protective Services comes and takes your kid, mm. and that just, wow. like, exposed this guy for what he truly is, and that's where – that's our, you know, I was kind of taken aback, and I, I just think, the, you know, saying, look, man, you can have all the violence you want. I advocate peace and, and love and understanding, and if that's the way you're going to be, that's, you know, I guess that's the way you're going to be. But, I, yep. you know, I took it as a threat, and I told him, like, you're threatening me. Because if this dude's a lawyer, God only knows what, if he if he really wants to try and come after me, maybe he could. I don't know. Yeah, but, he could call some of his buddies. Sure. Yeah, so... You know, but I just think, you know, bringing that up, uh, you know, Great job. dealing with the status, you know, it just totally shut him down. So, and it just completely, I mean, the, the thread was like 80 posts long with like five of us going back and forth. And that just ended it right there. Mm-hmm. Well, you exposed him as a thug is what you did. And then where where yeah. is he going to go from there? Is he going to, no, I'm not a thug because I want to send child, child protective services after your kids? <laughs> it, it gets down to the whole argument, too, with this health care bill. You know, if this health care bill could be the best thing in the world, but what if I don't want to participate? What happens to me yeah. if I don't want to participate? Well, that, that's, that's exactly what I said, is what happens if I don't want to pay for this? And, you know... You have get, to, because 51% yeah. voted for it. Hey, it's your fair share, guys. Come on now. Fair share. No, it's, it's your civic duty. Don't you understand? Yeah. It's your civic duty for, you know, our electorate. You know, we elected these people. There's a contract here, a social contract. Didn't, don't you remember signing and it? And you know what? A lot of times when, when people like that say those things, I try to find out where they are, you know, politically, because you could say, well, how do you feel about funding the Iraq war? How do you feel about having guns point at you? What, what's going to happen to you if you if you refuse to pay for the Iraq War? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I've brought that up, and a lot of these people are like, "Well, I'm not happy about it, but you know, I still have to pay my taxes." And it's like, that's you know, right, you good little slaves. You know, the, uh, the the Quakers and the Amish have a long history and tradition of. Not, not paying, paying taxes uh, to you know the government during wartime, and uh, you know I mean, should those people because that, that's what you want to do is you want to go uh, you know you want to look for those people who 
you know, are pretty well thought of in the in, in the public sphere. Who hates Amish people, for God's sake? Oh, where was I? Was I think it was at LouRockwell.com, but I'm not positive. I saw it was either a blog entry or something like that uh, that actually addressed this issue of well, when you fa- when you find somebody who vehemently disagrees with something the federal government is doing or local government, but something the government is doing. And you say that to them, and you say, well, why don't you just stop paying? I mean, they're killing people in your name. You've got a problem with that. Why don't you just stop paying? Oh, well, you know, they still do some good things. They're helping people. I mean, you know, welfare. And then they, you know, then they kind of trot out their favorite government program to justify their continued participation in this inherently uh, unjust, sick, and twisted system. And they, they, you know, they were addressing that, and it was—it's just such a sad position for someone to be coming from. It's like, you know, oh well, there's this criminal gang out there, and yeah, they slice the throats of uh, their competition, and they're, you know, killing uh, women and children over in another country. But they're feeding some women and children here, so you know, I should just keep giving money to this criminal syndicate because at least some mouths are getting fed. Sure, thousands of people are perishing in flames and uh, hails of bullets around the world, but. You know, small price to pay for uh, these these folks that have been uh, you know had a check cut to them from the the same criminal gang. I mean, just it's amazing the mental gymnastics people will go through to justify their participation and their love for this system of of, of theirs. It's also denial because people don't want to admit that they've been suckered too. Whatever they can say to yeah to go through that uh, denial process. You're right about that, Wayne. So uh, that, that's one of those guys you just want to give up on. I mean, the, the, he is not a prospect for liberty in any way, shape, or form. But some of uh, the people that you that read your post might true. be. That's true. I agree yeah, with that. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I look at it. Is, is there's, I know there's a lot of people reading those, you know, my posts, and you know, I know it's probably not going to rub off on this guy, but I know there's a lot of other people that might go, hmm, you know, what he said kind of makes sense, you know. You know, maybe maybe get some people thinking. You know, it's not my goal to to you know bring this guy, this lawyer guy, around because I know he's not gonna. Okay, um, that's good. I'm but, glad you, glad that's not uh, something you're considering because it's probably not an option. And and you're right. The people that are observing may very well be persuaded by the things you're saying. I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate the story. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. Of course, I said the lawyer's job depends on your obedience, and I meant that, you know, paying taxes to support the system, but lawyers actually kind of depend on disobedience in that, you know, they wouldn't have many cases if people always obeyed all the laws, which, of course, is impossible. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy, brand new, used, they probably sell it. Amazon is uh, the world's largest internet retailer, amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter through that link. Free Talk Live gets a cut. Let's go to your calls about what you want. Jim is in New York, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jim. Hello, Jim. Hello. Hey, you're on the um, air. I've got a question. Yes, sir. Um, if, do you think if everyone suddenly had uh, twice as much money as they have right now, um, would everyone be richer? Nope. Do you think that? No, I don't. Okay. Why? All right. Well, I mean, the ratios would be the same. Like if I had $10,000 and you had $100,000, I'd 
I would have 20,000 and you'd have 200,000. Right. And be, also, the reason why it doesn't do anything is because um, money doesn't actually add value. Uh, exactly. So the, the same the same amount of products are still shuffling around the marketplace. So what you, what you'd see is, of course, prices would would double and everything would double. So you are correct. Exactly. So now, if everyone had half as much money, would everyone be poor? Nope. Clearly not. Okay. So um, if that's the case, then why do you think taxes make people poorer? Why do taxes make people poorer? Because somebody question. gets because um, that money gets redistributed. It gets um, given to government employees and uh, people who have people contracts. People who didn't with, earn it. Yeah, people who have so contracts. What, with what the if they, let, let's just ignore that. For, what if they just like burned the money? Would that uh, would there be anything wrong with them taking the money? Well, first of all, they're not taking equal amounts of money from everybody, and uh, so I mean, if they had taken equal amounts of every mo- uh, money from everybody and burned it. Then yeah, you'd see prices come down and uh, things would would adjust uh, appropriately. But that's would not still what be they're immoral. doing. Yeah, that's wrong, and it's not what they're doing anyway. But it's not harming anyone. So how can it be immoral? Well, taking something that's not yours is harming somebody. If you have something and I steal it from you, right? If then I that's if immoral. I say okay, I'm going to cut off everybody's hand on the planet, and then everybody will only have one hand. I mean, <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually destroying wealth. Taking destroying money is not destroying wealth. Yeah, but it's not theirs to take. I mean, it's still it's still immoral to take someone's um to take the money that is in their possession. Those little pieces of paper are theirs, right? Um yeah, they could be. I mean, they don't have to be. You, They're just You could make the argument that those pieces, are the pieces of paper, of paper are, in your wallet yours. Um they are, but they're just Okay, great. Now I think we're clear. Taking pieces of paper that belong to someone else you from could them make without the, their permission is stealing, you right? You could make the argument and be reaching, but you could make the argument that, uh, well, with the Social Security card, that's actually not yours. It's the Social Security offices, and those aren't actually your Federal Reserve notes. They're evidence of debt, uh, and they're actually owned by the, the Federal Reserve. But that would be a real stretching it. I worked for them. Yeah, you you <laughs> possess them, and possession is not intense of the law. I, I exchanged my labor in exchange for those green, green pieces right. of paper. So they're mine. Yeah, if it wasn't right, Federal I mean, Reserve I, notes, and uh, you know, would it be okay to take uh, silver, an ounce of silver uh, from me? Um, well, yeah. No, it wouldn't. Silver that's, has, I mean, it, that's stealing. The only, difference, the only difference is that silver has some, I guess, industrial Well, no, there is no but, difference. That's stealing. You're taking something from someone who did not give you permission to take it. You don't have an agreement? That's theft, dude. I have no problem. With that. I don't, somehow I can't get worked up about about that if that's actually not. So me then problem. you wouldn't have yeah, but, a problem but, with me but taking. But what you're your... talking about is a scenario. Um, it is not reality, correct? I mean, like we're talking about a, a, well, a scenario here. The government is in fact taking that money and redistributing it to other people. That's and, true, but everyone knows pretty much how they're redistributing it. So it's like you can you can predict where that money is going to go, and if you want some of that money, then go into that. Those sorts no, of you don't know how they're redistributing it. You have no idea. I think you're pretty much. I don't think it differs that much from year to year. What well, it actually does, like in 1998 to 2002, there's four trillion dollars missing from the defense budget. They can't find it; it's gone. Uh, now, even if they well, didn't, if no take, one's spending it. Then what's the big deal? I don't. Well, they, they somebody did spend it, but the point is, is even if they didn't take money from you directly through taxation, if they printed up a bunch of money and gave it off to their friends, 
uh, which is was going it's on. What they're right doing? Now. Yeah. How does that affect you? Well, that that affects the price you pay for goods and services in the only, long run. Only if those people spend that money. But they're if going they, to, they, and they do. You can, and you can spend as much money as you want. If those, no one spends but it, but well, you're talking about this fantastic scenario. If you grew a a, a fugal horn out of your butt, things would be different. <laughs> but you don't have a fugal horn out of your butt. The government's taking the money. They're giving it to other people, and and they're playing God bless America out of the fugal horn in their butt. I mean. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, come on. Let's Can't stop you... talking about My Little Pony Land, and let's talk, talk about, about the reality world? where the government steals money and gives it to other people. That they like. I mean, they don't set it on, a, in, in, on fire in a pile. But it's, it's pretty much transparent where it goes. I don't no, know it's pretty much not. Haven't Look. you heard of all the different government bureaucracies <laughs> that same... have been audited and, you know, billions of dollars disappeared? And I don't care where it goes. It doesn't matter to me if I get robbed at gunpoint by some common crook who isn't with the government. If I get robbed by somebody and he says, hey, don't worry, I'm going to give this money to this and this and this and buy a bicycle with it. And I'm going to give it to some of my I'm going to give it to my kids and I'm going to go and take it over and, and get my grandmother some health care. And I'm going to take this over and give the give some of it to the poor so now you can feel better about being robbed because you know it's where the money's transparent going. what are you talking about dude i think it's only a problem when it's it's distributed in a in a way that's that's not transparent like if you if you are just giving no it it's a problem when it's taken without your consent it's a problem when you are forced to give money over to somebody at the threat of violence or the threat of being thrown into a cage that's but when I, it's I a problem that, right I then believe that, when, that, that there are many cases where it is better for the government to be spending this money than it is for people to be spending it well you believe they know better than uh okay. than, than you no right? i don't so, believe they know better but so i'm a quaker right I don't believe in violence, okay? The government uses the money that I give them to blow up people around the world, and it's transparent. Does that make it okay? I mean, they're, they're doing things with my money that I would not do myself. I can, I can totally I – can, I can understand why you'd be upset about that. But to the, to the, I know the idea is that, well, if you could pick and choose where you put your money. Well, then the idea is that – I don't want to pick and choose. I mean, I, I, I want my own money that I can spend where I want and to. And I want to help people in my own community with my money. Because how how is a room full of central planners going to anticipate the needs of 300 million people on a daily basis? Well, they don't. They don't spend all they, of it. But they try to. They want it all. Haven't you heard? They, they, is that what they've said now? They want it all? You're doing uh, the, a really... the, evidence, the evidence is that the government grows every single year. It gets bigger and bigger. I don't bigger. care if they so want... That's not, that's not actually true. The it percentage of tax spent to GDP has about, been about the same since... The government does get That's bigger and bigger. Humans every create year. wealth. Um, you know, they they take things out of the environment. They they mix it with their labor and they make so new stuff. That the government, in in relation to the size of the of the economy, has been staying the same. So. Yes, but the economy has grown. People have created yeah, wealth. Got, Look at 1776 when they traveled around in wooden boats. He's distracting you from thing. the real issue. The real issue is the taking of money. The real and using issue it for things by that, force that I don't, I don't want. I don't even if it's for something I want. I want to be able to. Consent to giving it over to an organization that's doing something that I want with it. I want to be able to make the choice to say, okay, you're doing something valuable. I will give you some money, rather than having it forcibly extracted from me. You, sir, are attempting to, uh, to defend forcibly extracting wealth from people, and I think you're doing a pretty poor job of it. Any other thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. I probably don't have time to get into them, though. You've got a little time. Go ahead. Well, I... there are certain cases where People individually don't have the incentive to spend money. 
there's there's the issue of well, it's very complicated. But sure, sure, theft is always very complicated. But isn't what if it? they don't spend the money? What if they save it? That's what capitalism. Yeah. That's what actually drives our economy. Exactly. Because then people no, save their saving, money. Saving does not drive the economy. Spending drives the economy. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Well, you're well, you're a Keynesian. <laughs> Save, You've been exposed. No, no, wait, wait. You're you're being exposed to Keynesian here. In the long yeah, run, in the long run, what happens is people save their money, and the banks gather gather the savings, and they lend it to people to start businesses and stuff. Now, if every if everybody just spends all their no money, one's gonna, and doesn't no one's going to start businesses. Everyone's is everyone saving. There's no. No they don't save all their no money. money Wait, they don't you save, save all their money. They save a percentage of it rather than spending it all and then being in debt like we've got now. So if when people when we have a savings rate, when we have a savings rate of 9%, let's say, people still spent money and still helped the economy, but uh, it was a more sustainable system because when you're putting money away and banks were actually lending real money, real savings, you didn't have a bubble casino economy like you've had in the last 10 years. It's not sustainable. It would cause a depression. What, what causes now, depression? Now saving causes depression. <laughs> uh, the yeah, Great no. Depression People, was caused after the Federal Reserve came in and instituted fractional reserve lending. Didn't you, didn't you ever hear the Roaring Twenties? Federal Reserve Federal Reserve came that. in in 1913. And, and, and in the Roaring 20s, the Federal Reserve caused it. They, they had, they, there was a real estate bubble, and there was a massive stock market bubble. It burst in 2930, and then uh, Hoover and FDR prolonged it for 17 years with their policies, their big government policies. Tell you what, Jim, I'll give you another shake here. We'll, we'll hold you through the news if you want to continue your defense of uh, violence. More with Jim in moments if he hangs through the news. 800-259-9231. Tell us why it's okay to initiate force on people, Jim. We'll come back with that. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. I'm going to go right back into your phone calls. I think Jim is still on the line from New York. We talked to him in the last segment of the last hour. And just to bring you guys up to date that are just tuning in uh, at this moment, we were uh, pointing out, and Jim was pointing out to us, that uh, he thinks that taxes are A-OK, that, uh, you know, nothing wrong with uh, with a little bit of theft. He says that it's OK by him because he knows where all of the money's going. And, uh, you know, even if you disagree with that, and I certainly do, I have no idea where that money's going, it wouldn't matter to me if I knew where all of it was going and if I was okay with where 100% of it was going. First of all, I'm not okay with where it's going. And I'm not, uh, the issue, though, is whether or not I got to choose. And I didn't get to choose. So, Jim, how can you defend being in favor of violence against your neighbors, your peaceful neighbors? Because it's for the benefit of everyone. But it's not for my benefit. You're using violence against me, sir. Well, I think there's, there's certain standards of... Uh what is beneficial to society and who gets to decide you somebody smarter than us jim majority or think they are majority always decide 
No, the majority doesn't really decide in this country because the majority doesn't go out and vote. And, the majority uh, that cares. But, oh, and now we're talking about a minority of people, and then a minority of a minority of people, because um, you know, at that point, uh, so the, the people that don't care don't get a say. What's so terrible about that? So you like the idea of having two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch? Is there any other way? Sure. Yes, there is. Right, Everybody how, can decide. How, what, are the, how are these two wolves and lamb gonna gonna figure out their situation otherwise? By basically doing what they want to do and not uh, eating the lamb. <laughs> well, not the lamb is armed. Well, then, why, the wolves wouldn't be alarmed too. They might, but at least they make it a good fight. Right. Well, the thing is, the thing <laughs> is, you know, I don't want to de- 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 delve into this particular metaphor because the issue is here: you're defending violence against people, and you're pawning it off on saying, "Well, most people want violence, so that's okay." Or everybody that's voted says they want violence, so that's okay too. First of all, a lot of people vote because they want to reduce the violence. They're voting for the the lesser of two evils. They're voting for what they think will uh, will lower the amount of violence. But I'm not going to go into why everybody votes because they all vote for different reasons. But the the fact that even if a majority people did vote still doesn't justify violence because it's always wrong to hurt peaceful people. Don't you agree? Um, If people are not paying their taxes, I don't consider that peaceful. That's basically theft. It's theft. How did they they steal it? Well, if everyone else is paying money and you're not, then you get an advantage. You're basically stealing from everyone else. If a guy comes around and steals uh, money from everybody on my street except for me, have I stolen something from the people on my street? You've got an advantage. I do have an advantage. I'll agree with you on that. Luck. However, however, that does not make me a thief. You just called if, me a thief. Because if, you've actually, like, if you've actually avoided the, uh, the tax, then yes, you're a thief. Oh, oh I think because the, because the guy has a badge, that makes me a thief because the guy has the legitimacy of the state. Now, um, I've got a you're question. sick, by the way. <laughs> right, Jim. Yeah, you sick brought man. a big gun in the room, pal. Jim, if uh, if if you get to decide where um, you know the 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 fruits of a hundred percent of my labor go, what am I to you? So well, I would be a slave. Uh, yeah, right. I'm not talking about a hundred percent. Okay, ninety nine. Now, what am I if I fifty percent of my uh, my uh, the fruits of my labor go to you? You're an American. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're half a slave, and that's what we are here. We're slaves to keeping the the military-industrial complex can... alive and well around the world. We and also, send... even at 100 percent, I, I kind of take that back because I'm not actually um, at 50 percent. I'm not telling you what to do. And also, sure you are. You're... you're telling me to pay up or else. That's right. You're telling me no, pay you don't, up. You don't have to, if you don't work, you don't have to pay. You're that telling is, me that pay. much is true. And there's been all kinds of slavery in the world. And I think you're getting caught up on like the idea of chattel slavery that um, existed here in the, uh, the the 17 and 1800s in the United States of America. But uh, you know, serfs were slaves. Um, they were bound to the land. And there's all um, there's there's all different kinds of slavery that have existed over time. They even called the, the Israelites. One we have it seems pretty mild. It's alive and well today. Well, it, okay, it, so mild slavery is okay. So you're advocating mild slavery. I wouldn't call slavery at all. Of course you wouldn't, because that would make you very uncomfortable. You have freedom to do whatever you want. You have no, you don't. No, you don't. You pay up. If you if you leave the country, you've got to pay an exit tax. If you (laughs) if you work, you've got to pay a tax. It has no inherent wealth. What do you think will happen to me if I what, what if I go down to the police department and smoke a joint in front of the police department? Will I be free there? Well, that's okay. I mean, yeah, there are laws. Oh, okay, so then you're wrong, then, in your claim that I'm free to do whatever I want, because I'm not free to do whatever I want, and that's one, just live, one example. But if you live in a town where, let's say there are, are no laws, and someone really just despises marijuana smokers, then maybe he'll shoot you. Like, I mean, just because there's laws doesn't 
Isn't that, that's not the only reason you can't. The laws don't stop him from shooting me today, sir. People can go and shoot me any old time they want to. Uh, you're always at risk from crazy people. The crazy people don't obey laws. The ones you're talking about. They're not concerned about consequences like that. I said there were no laws in this place. This is, this is one of your societies, right? No, we weren't talking about my society. What he's saying is that for a madman who's uh, crazy enough to shoot somebody over marijuana, there is no law. Exactly. There was a guy that was... uh, was, was Laws don't stop crime, man. Right. There was a guy threatening me because I was doing a peace protest. Uh, He didn't care about the law, and he used to work for the state. So it doesn't it doesn't matter. And we're not talking about my society here. We're talking about you defending the status quo of violence against peaceful people. And you're saying they're not peaceful because, well, if they withhold money from the criminal gang that's trying to extort from them, then they're somehow stealing from the other people who have already had their money extorted from them. I mean, you, you've got how some was, real twisted uh, logic there. How was that obligation Stilted. created? Uh, how I, was think, the, I think that would be pretty standard logic. It is standard. I'll, I'll agree with you that twisted logic is standard. How would um, how was the obligation to pay taxes created? Um, people have guns. Yeah, you're right about that. You've, people you've that will kill t- your your butt if That's you don't honest. do what they say. I appreciate that honesty. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what the reality of it is: is violent, dangerous people telling you what to do. And do you want to live in that always world? People have guns, though. Yes. Do you want them so to tell you what to do? Money. Do you want them to tell you what to do? They're not telling me what to. I mean, yes, uh, they are. They're telling me what not to do. What's that? They're telling me what not to do. <laughs> and, and the process telling you what to do. They're, they're asking positive action from you. When, oh, you yeah. fill, when you fill out your IRS form, do you have to do things? Um, yes. I mean, okay, so is the government telling you what to do? In that case, yeah. I in mean, that case and many others. So how about if you run a business? Do you have regulations to follow? Yeah. Is that the government you telling to, you what to do? Do you have to send taxes in to them, uh, the, the sales taxes and all that stuff? All of these things are fine. You got nothing, my right. friend. Well, I'm not saying nothing. that they're, uh, you know, that, that's fine, but you said that the government tells you what not to do. You and that's a bold faced, right. crap filled you, lie. You've, been, you've <laughs> sided with criminals, you've sided with violence, and you paper it all over by saying that, you know, this is okay. This is the way things are. It's better than it used to be in the past, and so therefore you should just shut up and go along to get along. It's and only pay better up. because of uh, technology, um, you know, the, the technology and the increase of wealth of hardworking people, not mm-hmm. bureaucrats who suck off. A person could argue that the uh, technology and increasing wealth is also because of these laws. Well, they, they could try to argue that, but then they, they, would, have to argue, they would then have to argue that uh, the technology wouldn't have existed prior to the level of regulation that we have today, and the increasing level of regulation that's gone throughout history. History and in fact, we can show that there is, um, the, you know, that in some areas where regulation has uh, become stiflingly, stiflingly high in this country, that um, innovation has dropped off. You know, in natural law, there's two basic laws: basically, do all that you've agreed to do and do not aggress against uh, others uh, or their property. Do no harm. Who, who enforces no harm. the natural? Law? Does God enforce the natural laws? Those were the natural laws that our whole legal system was based on. Who enforces those natural laws? Well, we used to have a Supreme Court that did. And that's that's You're okay the, with the Supreme Court enforcing natural laws. Well, if if that's all they enforce, that'd be fine. But they don't, and they don't even they don't even look at so that. When you, I mean, when you say natural laws, that to me sounds like laws you like. No, natural Someone law. Else could say some of the other laws are natural laws. Natural law came from the Magna Carta, the common law, and the British common law. Well, those are laws that they liked, and those are laws that you like. Well, don't because you they like write them? down in, on the Magna Carta what, that makes it special. Like uh, it, it it gives the the, the per, uh, people rights, individual rights. Yeah, lots of laws. That we're not the property of somebody else. Are you, are you anybody's property? Is your body anybody's property? No. Okay, well, mine, well, is, I mean, I, mine isn't either. Wait, tell me tell me about your body being cro- property, please. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll say, I mean, I think there there is some, uh, 
in extreme circumstances like times of war, times of, you know, survival, then there is. Um, Statist through and through. You don't Thank believe you that your call. body's property? You believe that mine is. Thank you for the call, Mr. Statist. Uh, I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah. Sick. Interesting. 800 he doesn't mean that crap. I don't know. He's, <laughs> He's pretty good at that it. stuff up. He's pretty good at it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Features including the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, you can go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Sickle CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Sickle knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as, as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's Sickle CAI. 800-259-9231. We go to Carolyn. Ladies first, listening to WVNA in Florence, Alabama. Hey, Carolyn, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how are you tonight? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, the uh, issue with the insurance program truly worries me because uh, they list it or say that we don't realize it's just an option, that we can either choose it or not. But uh, at the level that the government could provide that choice, then there will be no competition. And therefore, we'll be down to one payer mm-hmm. and be at socialized medicine. Yep. So, I mean, I just don't understand why they don't just try to fix the different problems versus just overhaul the whole program. Well, the government can't fix things. It just keeps breaking them. Uh, that's just the way exactly. government works. So the, the only way that the health care situation could be fixed in this country, and it's bad the way it is right now, but it would be worse with the government in total control, as you well know. Uh, Absolutely. The, the only way they could fix it would be to end all of the government involvement in health care, and no one has that idea on the table. No Republican's going to come forward with an idea like that uh, because, you know, there's so many people that are depending on the government's programs for uh, for health care it would be a politically untenable position for them to take because all those people would go and vote them out and uh, you know they're not going to take that uh, that position so you know it's just going to be step by step down that road towards socialism and even if this one bill doesn't pass as i think gardner goldsmith was pointing out on monday night he expects that the some of the provisions will pass and it'll just take you know one more step down that road and so unfortunately there is no government solution to this problem other than other than them disappearing which uh, right. that may happen one of these yes, days it will when it all collapses but actually a few days ago charles hugh smith wrote an article called healthcare solution go back to cash and in there, there's actually a rate mm-hmm. schedule from a hospital from 1952, maternity rates, and you'd be blown away. A deluxe private room is $23, for example. You know, uh, so there, there and are they adjust solutions. for inflation, though, Wayne. What's the what is the $23 and $1950? What is that today? Do you know? Well, let's see. It says having a baby costs $30, which in today's dollars would be $244. It was ten. It's ten grand to have a baby now. 
It That's just be. for the one visit, right? For right. the the actual having baby visit no, to the they'll, hospital. They'll sell you the whole package for 10, 10 grand. So ten grand for you know going through the process over nine months, basically. Yes, but there's so much funny money that's that's being pushed into that system that has driven prices up, and, and there's a lack of competition in many uh, areas too. And all the regulations and the government programs. It's a cartel. Are, right now, it's a cartel. So well, we sure don't want a waiting line or a waiting list to have have services rendered. And if Canada comes here. Where will we go? Well, that's right. Mexico. <laughs> well, see, no. on one Don't hand, worry. All of Mexico's over here. I guess that'll eventually be the place to go. Right. But on one hand, you know, to defend the current system is also ignoring that there are problems with it. It costs too much. That's the problem. So we can fix that without having to have the government take it over 100%, and that's the real argument. I believe we could, too. I truly believe we could. And I can't understand why they didn't have panels, why they didn't get doctors involved, hospitals, you know, lay people that work in, in the field every day that know kind of how it works and just kind of start like that versus just say, you've got 10 days and I want this fixed and approved by, you know, this date. Nothing it's too like big t- a problem for him to put a gun to their head to fix it that quick. Nothing like uh, management from the top down, huh? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way. And, you know, when Hillary offered that we have an option to get into the program political people have as their insurance, uh, I wonder why he didn't offer us that. He has the best care, and their, you know, congressmen and senators have the best program. That's well, something to open up to what, us. What you, uh, I see where you're coming from, and it sounds nice, but what, what you don't, what you're not looking at is that they are getting that care because they're stealing money from people. The congressional health care plan is funded by tax dollars, which is stolen money. So there's no way that they can give that kind of plan to everybody because they have to steal enough money in order to give that level of coverage out to people. What I'm trying to explain to you, Carolyn, is there is no government solution to this problem. It wouldn't matter if they had doctors in to talk to them. It wouldn't matter if they had uh, self-proclaimed experts about the healthcare industry in to talk to them because the politicians have an interest in getting reelected. And, um, you know, talking about giving health care to everybody free gets you elected. You know, people want free stuff, so of course they're going to vote for that. But the actual, when, you know, you've got to actually put the uh, the pieces together and try to make that happen, it doesn't work out because the money has to come from somewhere, and it's it's coming from you and I. So the best way to get the best health care is, again, to get the government completely out of the program, but you'll never hear anybody put that on the table. I mean, doctors that are going in there... Maybe one of them will say it to the government people, but that's not what government does. Government doesn't get out of things. It gets into things. It gets involved. It grows. It gets more uh, entrenched and more expensive and more intrusive than ever. So to expect it to turn itself around, there's just no real evidence that that ever happens with government. And wait till they get into the food thing now. Oh, gosh. That's going to be even worse then. Yeah, Carolyn, I, I've hey. never seen them want to get so involved so fast in absolutely everything as this particular president has. I don't know. I, in, it's, in I think it's an illusion. In such a short time, he's just like... Throw stuff at everything. Nah, I think that to some extent that's an illusion. There are a lot of presidents that get elected, and they are always talking about how they're going to get the boots on the ground and move quick, move forward with this, whatever this might be. Uh, so I don't know if that's true, but either way, it's a, it's an op, it's an apt observation that yes, they are certainly moving forward with some very frightening ideas, and uh, there's some as quickly other ones, as they can. And there are some other ones that are pretty scary that are off in the distance that uh, aren't really front and center right now, like the uh, the National Obama uh, Corps, so the citizen. 
prison corps thing where they're going to basically indoctrinate all the youth of America, bring them in to work for the government for a summertime or something like that, maybe even longer, maybe a year or two, uh, get them, bring them in and, and turn them into bureaucrats and get them to work for the system, get them to actually work for the federal government and brainwash them ever more than they uh, they have been. There's some real scary stuff on the horizon. There's actually an ad uh, from this week, I believe, in, on Craigslist in the Washington, D.C. area where they want to hire people for $500 plus per week to promote Obama's health care plan. Thank you for the oh, call. Own advertising. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Carolyn, thanks for the call. And don't forget that since you're listening in uh, in Florence there on WVNA, you won't be able to actually hear your call until another two hours has gone by because you're actually listening to the first hour of our show right now on the late broadcast. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. By the way, we love WVNA. They have been one of our longest-running yeah. weekday affiliates since back in, I think, January of 2006. And number one, book after book. The only, uh, the only thing that gives me problems about WVNA is trying to decide between Muscle Shoals and Florence. And Florence, as yeah. far as what you yeah. want to call it? No, which one I like the best. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Let's continue here. You take control. Bring up what you want. Uh, we go to the amp line where Paul is in California. Hey, Paul. Hey, there. How are hey. you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Paul? Well, I uh, was thinking of... Uh, what you were talking about, uh, yeah, it's hard to break the, the nut of some of these guys uh, who just really have their uh, their wits wrapped around the state. And uh, well, let's let's get into it here there. in a moment. Hang on, Paul. We'll bring you back in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You dial in about anything. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including live streams. We have a broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam of the show, all available for you for free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. We go back to Paul in California. Paul, you're back on Free Talk Live. Your thoughts tonight. Go ahead. Yes, gentlemen. Now, I'm already late for an appointment, so I'll make it really quick. Uh, you were talking earlier about the idea that uh, uh, covenants and people getting along, neighbors and like that, and uh, and uh, the status position is that without the iron fist of government, people would turn into uh, Mr. Hyde and, and, and trample all over everybody's rights. Mm-hmm. I remember I lived in an, uh, a studio apartment when I first moved to California, and, uh, you know, real paper-thin walls and like that. And I had this really nice stereo, and my neighbor, whose wall was just opposite me, had a really nice stereo. And our taste in music were so similar that I would sometimes just leave my stereo off and listen to his stereo, and vice versa. We got along great. <laughs> well, that's good to know, but it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't always work that way, but I think you're right, Ian. Somehow you can reach some sort of happy medium. And if not, there are mediation agencies. You know, Even today you can call mediators in and, and, and talk things over. So there is free market solutions. Well, anyway, that's, I gotta that's run, good to know. Thanks, Paul, for the show, call. Man. Enjoy your meeting. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Todd in Michigan on the amp line. Hey, Todd. Hey, Mark, Ian, and Wayne. What's up, guys? What's on your mind, Todd? Hey, Todd. 
Well, um, I've been watching some of the town hall protests on and off during the week, and I was watching the one from the Arlen Specter town hall meeting in Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. And the one thing I noticed was that some of the people at some of these events have been really hurting the cause of freedom more than anything else when they act very unruly, uh, you know, basically start yelling and screaming and start calling people names. Like, for example, when Senator Claire McCaskill, when she was at one event, they were calling her names, they were shoving her down. Look, I agree with them that this entire health care plan stinks. I agree with them that what Obama's doing is basically trying to force this down our throats. But the way they're going about it sometimes really isn't helping matters either because they're going to be alienating um, themselves from those who might be persuaded otherwise Uh, to listen to our side. I I generally agree with what you're saying. There was an instance here in New Hampshire where uh, there there was that rally that they had uh, that a lot of people came out to for states' rights. Uh, where they were they were talking about a uh, I think it was some piece of legislation that would basically have New Hampshire say all right federal government you've gone far enough and if you go further well then we're going to do something about it you know whatever that is I'm not really sure but uh, so a lot of people came out to that rally and some people went inside the state house at that time and they got very animated very uh, very angry very upset over uh, you know people doing that. Uh, and they they made a bunch of noise and were very rude. And so some of the people said, you know, this doesn't look good. Basically, what you're saying, Todd, is, you know, this doesn't look good for our movement. But the fact is, when you when you're dealing with politics and you're dealing with public events, there's no way you can really control how people behave. I mean, they they you have no way. First of all, you don't even know half of these people that are coming to these things. Uh, so you can go right. and say something to them if you want to. That might help. It wouldn't hurt to talk to these people and try to calm them down. Uh, but you're talking about a bunch of political amateurs, people right. that in this in the cases of these uh, town hall things, you're talking about people that are upset and angry. Right. About these people aren't too. there for for liberty, um, Tom. No, they're not. They're there to stop socialized health care. And I think that, you know from that but they point may support of, the war. You from know? that that point of view i've got no problem with what they're doing as far as i'm concerned they can uh, you know set fire to their town halls and uh, throw throw bottles or whatever because i think that um you know, one thing that's sort of missing in america's uh, political uh, system is outrage um i'm not advocating any of those things but those people aren't freedom lovers no i'm not well okay here's the thing i'm not objecting to them being outraged they should be outraged over what their elected officials are doing, and I agree. I'm outraged what the Obama administration has been doing for over the past six months. But the reality is there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it, and that's why some of the people on the left are dismissing a lot of these people as kooks because some of them are going by some unfounded rumors that seem like it's the truth. Oh, the, uh, like there aren't kooks on the left hand left hand side. I mean, well, what about the tea parties? That was the same type of thing. There, people were out protesting peacefully, holding up signs, and the media did the same thing. They tried to discount them and say they were just a bunch of right wing. Yeah, but that was. Co- yeah, but that was co-opted by the neocons anyway, and those Tea Parties were a joke nonetheless. Well, I, some, I disagree. Were, some were, some may have been co-opted by uh, by the neocons in the media, but the people that were actually out at those Tea Parties were not uh, primarily neocons. There were a lot of independents and libertarians and people who were just disgusted with both parties. And well, it was I'm not proven. disputing that. 
Uh, look, I, I agree with what Todd is saying here. I think it's a real concern. Uh, I think, but there's I think nothing it, that can be done about well, it. The fact that these right. people don't care about liberty, they're not listening to Free Talk Live. No. Um, well, we're not, we're not talking to them. Criti- well, I, I have a very few other short criticisms, which is if they're so riled up over the health care issue, then where were they when it came to the war, when it came to the mass amounts of spending, where were they They're when all in favor of that crap. Uh, the <laughs> these Act? these I mean, are people that'll probably. I mean, I I'm going out on a limb here because I haven't talked to them all, but I imagine a lot of these people that are so up in arms about the government health care thing. Uh, would probably tell you, on the other hand, that they're supporting the troops. You know that uh, well, that uh, yeah, right. Well, you they're know, all in favor of government when they want the government to do something. Well, well that's true, but this is also uh, this this D team versus R team thing. The way it's playing out, because I think people were very upset last fall when Bush was still in office and and Hank Paulson sold us down the river with that bailout. People were upset, even Republicans were, but but uh, Bush was sort of a a lame duck. But now all of a sudden the Democrats in and he's he's got his foot on the accelerator with all this stuff now. And they're very upset because, and then we had the second bailout when uh, when Obama got in, and all of a sudden now, you know, uh, they don't see all the bad stuff Bush did except for the very end. So it, it becomes a D team versus R team thing, which they're outraged about, and I understand why. But I agree with you about the war and all that stuff because a lot of them aren't seeing the evil when their guys in office, and that's a big problem we have in this country. But going back to the but issue, the, yes. But- but here's the here's the other side of the coin, which everybody is not taking into account. Here is that if John McCain had proposed a nearly identical health care plan to the same protesters out there, how many show of hands? How many of them would be willing to say, you know what, John McCain, you're wrong. We don't want a government takeover of the health care system. Ten percent. How many of them would show up at any of those events? Ten, I'm going to say ten percent. What we're going to have socialized medicine, the corporate yeah. way, or even go. I think it'd be more than ten percent. I think a lot of the people that are, that are upset would actually be upset if they read. The, would it be fifty percent? But I, I th- um, yeah. no way. Yeah, I these guys are partisans. 50%. These guys are partisans, and they're there well, because it's Obama. And if it was Bush or McCain proposing the same program. It'd be, hey, you know, this is great. I think people are upset, too, because they've already been betrayed several times with these bailouts now. And I think the tension is building regardless of who's in. And if everybody read, if Bush yeah. had come out with this health care bill, right. I, I think people would be just about as outraged. I think people don't trust Obama. They trusted Bush a little too much. But uh, I think the, the people who were Republicans, the former Republicans, are, are just fed up now. And I think there's a lot of Democrats I know who are fed up with this, too. Well... There are a lot of Democrats who are fed up about it, but I think it really goes to the point that these protesters need to channel their anger and talk about why it's wrong for the government to take over the health care I agree. System. It's, it's a very... calling this... names. Don't right. call names. Right. I agree with you talk completely. To these people. Right. Thank you, Todd. Right. I appreciate it. I think the best thing you can do is is to be an advocate for that kind of uh, peaceful outreach uh, instead of angry protest and to uh, to approach these people and say you know I'm not sure what you're here trying to accomplish but if what you're trying to accomplish is you know a dialogue where people are able to actually listen to what you're saying then maybe you should consider not chanting and actually engaging in a dialogue. Maybe because chanting is mindless. I mean, it's just you know, mindless group thing. I know, but you know, people were also upset too because a lot of the congressmen and senators they were they were uh, in the meeting with. Uh, they felt they were being lied to or, or misled. Oh, I understand. I understand why they're upset, but I also understand where Todd's coming from, and I think the best we can do as principled advocates of liberty is separate ourselves from those folks and say, we're not them. We're over here having a rational discussion about how peace can achieve great health care, and etc., etc. More well coming said. up. It's Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features free. Those other talk show hosts, they charge you for their website. So dare to compare. freetalklive.com. We'll have them beat. No problem. In fact, we'll give you more for free than they'll give you for their pay payment program, guaranteed. Well, you won't get your money back because it won't cost you anything. So even if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. Freetalklive.com. All right, let's go to Chris in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Yes, my name is Chris, and I'm also known as uh, Pale Horse, the leader of the Ohio militia. Really? And uh, I was surprised to see myself today on uh, Fox News and MSNBC they did a story about uh, right-wing militias on the rise in the U.S. Have you heard about it? I actually had it in my show prep here tonight, as a matter of fact. We uh, we touched on earlier this week how I think we pre- predicted that uh, this was going to be kind of becoming more prominent. The, it seems to be the cycle of things uh, that during the Clinton administration, militias were the enemy, you know, because of the whole Oklahoma City thing. They, well, that, that's what they used to demonize them. But you Right, know, right. Well, they yeah. pinned that on the militias, and then yeah. they made the militias the bad guys. Then, uh, you know, the Bush administration, then it's the foreigners that are the enemy, and, you know, they, you know, pinned uh, things on them, and they, they went and launched wars. And, and during the Bush administration, they ratcheted up the... Uh, the tyranny that would be necessary to put into to effect for some sort of domestic suppression of uh, of freedom, you know, uh, with the uh, with internment camps uh, that they were they were contracting for and building the Department of Homeland Security, installing the TSA, going through all of these motions to really increase the the government apparatus here in the United States, and now it's going to be back to the domestic terrorist thing again with the the whole militia scare coming back, uh, and, and it does look like they're they're starting to ratchet it up again, and that's what you're talking about here. You're saying you're saying you're involved in the, They've targeted you? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually the guy in the video holding up the AR-15. Um, I've been in the militia movement for seven, several years. Um, I was once in the Washington State Militia, and then upon moving back to the Ohio area, um, I started my own group back up. And I made this video like 10 months ago, and just basically telling people to buy guns and, uh, you know, just prepare because things aren't always going to be, you know, so good considering the state of the economy and you know, things like that, and not realizing that it was going to have this big of an impact, you know, 70-some thousand views, and, uh, hmm. you know, I've gotten quite a quite a backlash about it, you know, I mean, some people are for it, a lot of people are against it, you know what I mean? Uh, so you I put mean, this yeah. video online uh, prior to the election, uh, so it was during the Bush administration, so yeah. they can't accuse and, and, you of being a partisan, at least, in the, from that particular aspect. Right, but and they're trying to play it like uh, that the militia movement is now taking off because Obama's in office because we have an African American president. Right, right. That really was total baloney. To do with it. I, I've yeah. been, I've had this group for several years. You know what I mean? Um, Okay, well let's let's put it let's lay it out there on the table though. I mean, is there some truth to the accusation that uh, white separatists and racists and other you know, bigots are attracted to the militia movement? Is there any truth to that? I mean, you know, there there are probably groups out there that are racist and you know neo Nazis and things like that, but you know they're separate entities from the militia movement itself. You know the militia. You know, I've trained with black people, Asian people, Mexican people. I mean, you name it. You know, we're, I'm not a racist person. I mean, I can't speak for anyone who's, you know, for everyone who's in the movement. But, you know, they're trying to pigeonhole us that we're these anti-government, you know, extremists and that we're trying to, you know, 
overthrow the government and send this bad message, but really we want to uphold the Constitution, and really the government should uphold the Constitution as well, so as long as the government is upholding the Constitution, we shouldn't have any qualms, you know? Seems like a reasonable position, uh, and I, I think they, they, you're right. Of course, the government isn't going to uphold the Constitution no matter what. And so I guess I have to ask you, you know, what's your solution? Obviously, as a militiaman, I would think that uh, you would be more inclined to violence. Is that true, or what, what do you think? What do you think is going to come down um, if, uh, well, if things keep getting worse? We are not for uh, instigating violence, you know what I mean? We're more of, you know, if the violence is brought to us, that we're here to protect our families, you know, and our friends, you know, I mean, there's a big misconception about the militia that, you know, it's just going to be this big uh, battlefront, you know, the U.S. Army or whoever, and then on the other end, the, the militias, and that we're just going to, you know, it's just going to be this head-on battle, you know, I mean, I don't think that it would be like that if there was a situation like that, it would be more or less, you know, people trying to get food and just protecting themselves and living, you know, um, I mean, that's what we're all about is this survivalism. So... Ahead, I was going to say, you know, during the 90s, I, I remember seeing the whole militia movement start, and I'd never seen anything like it in my life, and, and I remember noticing that a lot of the people in it were in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and, and older. A lot of them were former military, and I thought, wow, you know, these people must know something I don't. They've been around the block. I mean, to be that age, you want to be in a militia. And, and I knew some of them, who, and they, I knew they weren't racists at all. And and I guess my I guess my observation then was they were saying a lot of stuff that I thought was kind of kooky at the time. And as as the years kind of unfolded, I realized that a lot of the things they were saying came to, came to pass. So I'm glad that you guys are planning on being peaceful as as much as possible. But uh, on the other hand, um, you know, we do have a right to bear arms for a reason. Yeah, and I, I agree. And uh, I just feel that we're being demonized. You know, I mean, and they're calling us actual violent. You know, they're calling us violent, and that like like we've already perpetrated something. You know what I mean? Like. Of you know, course they are, they, but that that you know they're going to do that. Well, yeah, and they're pigeonhole, pigeonholing us in there with Timothy McVeigh and the Oklahoma City bombing. You know, it's like he wasn't actually in the militia. He was actually in the United States Army at one point. I heard he was so, kicked I mean, out of a militia because he was too wacky. Yeah, because I've trained with the Michigan Militia Boys, and, uh, you know, we've talked, and they said that Timothy McVeigh that they know of came to one training. It wasn't even a training. It was actually like a dinner, and he was saying some stuff, and they actually asked him to leave, you hmm. know. But then the media played it up like he's in the, you know, the Michigan militia and, you know, he's part of the militia movement. And, you know, I mean, really, is, you know, I think he was more of, you know, someone that they put out there as like a scapegoat. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But, yeah. You know. So would you say that you've uh, received a, a higher interest in your Ohio militia since the exposure? I mean, yeah. has it been good publicity for you despite the, you know, kind of the bad aspect? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a double-edged sword, sure. you know, and w once again, you can't please everybody. And I actually had a video prior to this, and I was trying to, you know, possibly get a million armed man march in Washington. And, and it was more or less just an idea, and I wanted to see how people would react to that. And uh, and I got more negative feedback than good, so I kind of just squashed it. But then I had seen that some other, if you Google it, you know, it's all over Google, um, different sites that have done stories on it. Um the Washington Independent and some other ones. So I mean, we've been gaining exposure, I guess, but it, you know, they're kind of putting us in a bad light. How can uh, people learn more about your organization, the Ohio Militia? Um, our website uh, used to be ohiomilitia.com. We actually lost the domain to that, but uh, we are on YouTube. So if you look up the the channel Ohio Militia, and we also have a MySpace, myspace.com forward slash Ohio Militia, 
and I run both those sites. Great. Well, good luck out there, and uh, try to be as uh, peaceful as possible. I, I've, I used to be more of the kind of gun-polishing type, not that I ever really had too many of them, but I used to be of more of the, well, you know, if it comes down to it, we're going to shoot them uh, kind of variant. And I'm not saying that's the way you are, uh, but that's, that's the way I certainly used to be. And I've since, you know, come to the conclusion that if it does come down to them getting more overtly violent, I don't think that getting violent in return is going to solve anything. It's just going to give them the excuse that they need to ratchet up the violence and to get more violent. And uh, this is what they're trained to deal with. They're trained to uh, to deal with people who get, who get violent. I think that if you could have, you know, the militia get involved in doing things like civil disobedience and uh, and, and, and instances of non mass non-cooperation, I think you could have a much more powerful movement that wouldn't result in you and your family getting iced uh, by the by the police. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm actually really nervous now, you know what I mean? My wife's not happy with me, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, she supports me, but at the same time, she does. You know, we have two children, and I'm not trying to bring any unwanted attention to my family. But you know, once again, I haven't done anything illegal. No. People got to understand that the militia. It's in our constitution that we're allowed to, you know, keep and bear arms. And uh, people forget that the militia actually won the con. You know, they won our freedom. You can, know. Can you guys actually bear arms in Ohio? Is there an open carry? Uh, is that an open carry state? Yeah. I have a concealed carry. Um, I know California has more strict laws. But you can like open AKs. carry as well. You're saying you in can California open. you can open, oh. open carry a long uh, a long gun, but in Florida you can't open carry anything. Um, I think it's one of those things. Like even if you can open carry, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> How we do it kind here in New Hampshire. Yeah. In New Hampshire, you can. You might want to look into the Free State Project. I'm not sure how you feel. It sounds like you're a pretty liberty-oriented dude. Head over to freestateproject.org and uh, take a look into a place that uh, we've got thousands of activists moving to, people who a lot of them are really into gun freedom. Uh, we just had an incident of a guy open-carrying at an Obama, uh, the Obama rally yesterday. Yeah, I've seen that. that. Yeah, he's a, he's a free stater. Freestateproject.org. Thank you for the call tonight, and good luck with your uh, recruiting, and I hope that... No, something awful doesn't happen as far as the uh, the ATF investigating and getting nasty with you. I, I appreciate hearing that. from you tonight. Yeah. And this is something they're looking at doing, you know, demonizing the militia movement again, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's happening all over again. Well, I wish we had more time to discuss it. We're out for tonight. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. This is an extended edition of Free Talk Live, a podcast uh, internet edition of the program, as uh, we do from time to time, interviewing and, and featuring different interesting folks. This one, uh, this gentleman is uh, Patrick Byrne, who is the CEO and the president of Overstock.com. You may have heard the uh, the radio commercials out there in Radioland. They're fairly prolific. And so, Patrick, I mean, one of the things we have in common is obviously you have an appreciation for radio advertising, I imagine. I do. We do. We, uh, we have found radio wherever we measure it. It seems to give a very nice bang for the buck. Now, Patrick, you are, a, uh, from what I can tell on the Internet here, um, a self-described libertarian. Do you like that term for yourself, or you just like, do you prefer something else? Well, I've, I'm fine with libertarian. I also say classical liberal. We all struggle from this problem. The truth is, well, we libertarians, we are the liberals. The people who call themselves liberals now is Socialists. something else. Yeah, socialism. <laughs> socialism got they had to they had to rebrand socialists had to rebrand themselves after the 1930s and they rebranded themselves as liberals and it has nothing to do with liberalism. Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely concur. So good. I I I don't mind using uh, the, the term libertarian or liber- or classical liberal. We we've used all those same terms to describe ourselves uh here on the show. I used to also, 
I've sometimes been saying Yankee Republican. I'm I'm from Vermont, New Hampshire, and in oh. my youth, what a Republican was is what a libertarian, you know, was a guy who wanted, what I remember, the Republicanism I was brought up on was pave the road, have a post office, have a police force, stay off my porch. That's what being a Republican was, not yep. what they are today. It hasn't changed too much in New Hampshire. However, Vermont was taken over by the socialists. Yeah, after, after they, uh, they, they ruined Massachusetts and New York, they fled and went to Vermont and then have, as far as I can tell, been doing, doing all the stuff that they were fleeing. So you mentioned that you're from uh, the New Hampshire, Vermont area. We're actually doing the show from the southwest corner of New Hampshire in Keene. And uh, what? Uh, so you're obviously in, in charge of Overstock.com. In fact, you, there was a—I guess it was a company before you took control, and then you changed the name to Overstock. Is that right? Yeah, there was a little. Uh, there was a, a bankrupt company that had been servicing the flea market industry that we that we bought, and for all intents and purposes, October of 1999 is when. Overstock. Can you? I'm sorry. Can I ask you just to do one thing and make sure you're talking right into your phone? We've got kind of a quiet connection. I don't know how close you are. Okay. To you. Oh, that's much better. Much, much better. better. Okay. October when you said? October 1999 okay. is when we acquired. There was a little company that was closing its doors, and we bought it and turned it into Overstock.com. So you're not just the uh, the CEOs that also make you an owner or part owner? Oh yeah, I'm the yeah, I'm the largest owner. You're the guy. You're the guy. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, um, I you well, know, where is it based out? What's where's the headquarters? Based in Salt Lake City, Utah. I oh, moved okay. my. I, I lived for really until ten years ago. I was living in New Hampshire and uh, running a little manufacturing shop in West Lebanon, New mm-hmm. Hampshire, called Centricut. And we had sixty, seventy employees, and it was a great place. But I, I liked uh, the skiing and the climbing out west, and I gradually migrated my business operations out west. But I'm. I think of myself. I carried in until not long ago a New Hampshire ID, and every. I live for or die. I'm, I'm yeah. down with New Hampshire. Very cool. Now, uh, many of our uh, listeners, uh, you know, libertarians wanting to uh, start their own businesses and, uh, you know, want to learn from people who've uh, done it perhaps in uh, that fashion. Do you have any advice for people that, uh, you know, might be of the same philosophy and hoping to uh, get rich? Well, I'm not sure I can. Uh, well, I do have some advice. You know, being an entrepreneur is very much finding a niche where mankind is underserved. It's finding something, finding a way to serve people. Mm -hmm. You know, people who are against markets and against entrepreneurs usually sort of see it as expropriation, exploitation. Mm -hmm. You're finding ways to stick it to people. That's all nonsense. You've got to find some way that people want to be served, that they're not being served, and if you can serve your fellow man or woman better than you know, the market is serving them now. That's the, that's the trick. So it's always finding some play, some way to serve serve someone else. That's well said, Patrick. Uh, Wayne here. Uh, how has uh, your business changed over the last 10 years? I guess you're, you're coming upon your 10-year anniversary. Uh, yep. What trends have you seen that are different now in doing business as Overstock compared to 10 years ago? Great question. Well, we started off with uh, it was a, it was hard to, hard to build a brand, and... We started off really the dot com bust just as we uh as we got going. So one difference is I would say it used to be that people wanted to to buy from us only if it was a brand. If they if they had a choice between a Nicole Miller a two hundred dollar Nicole Miller leather jacket for a hundred dollars 
for an identical leather jacket with no brand on it for $70, they would buy the Nicole Miller leather jacket. However, now people have come to trust us so much that we may have a really nice leather jacket without a well-known brand on it, and people will buy it because they know that if we're selling it, it means we've, we stand behind it, that it's a good, good quality and things like that. So that's one big difference. That's great. I'm actually a customer. I do order from time to time from Overstock, and I like the company. I like what you do and the way you do it. And also, I, I'm very familiar with the fact that you're, you're a public company and that you've had some issues with naked short selling. Do you want to go into that at all and tell the audience what that is? Because I think it's really important that people understand what's happening uh, in our markets right now. Sure. And I really do try to divorce it from Overstock. It's very simply... Four or five years ago, some people started getting in touch with me, and maybe because of my reputation for going to fight fights or whatever, people are maybe getting in too many fights. People started getting in touch with me and telling me about this crime going on on Wall Street. I didn't pay them much attention for about six months. It was called naked short selling. I dug into it, and I gradually became convinced there was a way. Uh, it's sometimes called abusive stock manipulation. There was a way to, to manipulate the stocks of companies so that you could destroy the companies make a fortune doing it, and yet this was being done on such scale, it, was, it might eventually crack the system. So you may have seen me out there from 04, 05, 06. I was up there running around saying the system, there's, there's this huge latent derivative risk building up in the system. People don't know it's there. Companies are being destroyed. We've got to close these loopholes. And for about three years, the New York financial media painted me as this lunatic with a UFO coming out of my head. Everyone's kind of got laryngitis in the la- about a year ago on, on me being the nut. Now there's a whole lot of stories that basically say, oh, this guy turned out to be... Make sure you... St- I'm sorry. If you could just speak up right into your phone. It's right. Gonna, and so those turned out to apologize okay. about yeah. that. And so what you were saying turned out to be absolutely true. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much... I'm sorry to say. It's not something I'm gloating about, but that's the case, yeah. What is naked short selling? I guess I don't really... I'm not a stock expert, so I, I don't know. blow your mind. Yeah. which is going to blow your mind because I'm going to keep explain it and without jargon. It's when you find out how this works, when you and I do a stock trade, you give me money and I give you stock. That's called settlement. And in the U.S., it happens three days after we do the trade. So if we go into the market on a Monday and you buy some stock and I sell it. On Thursday, I take your money, I give you the stock. Believe it or not, this U.S. settlement system has some loopholes that say when the time comes for me to give you your stock, I can say, well, I didn't have that stock. I thought I had it. I thought I had 1,000 shares. I only had 100 or something. So I'm just going to give you an IOU for the stock. And the idea was the loopholes were created so I could go and clean, clean up my error a couple days later. Well, the hedge funds, big hedge funds and the prime brokers like Goldman and Morgan, they figured out that they could abuse these loopholes, flood the market with billions, it turns out, billions of shares that really aren't there, and suck your money out. And if they, if they just, if they focus on, if they all sort of gang up on a company, they can crack the market in its stock. They can they, suppress the price you, of the stock. Yeah, they're just flooding the market with fake stock, and that fake stock doesn't get cleaned up in a day or a week. Some of it persists for months or years. So you could be getting brokerage statements from your Merrill Lynch account that says you own this stock, and the truth is they've got, you know, maybe they've got ten thousand shares, but they're telling five different clients that they each own uh, that 10,000 shares. So it's it all sounds like, like fractional reserve stocks. Yes, it is. It's what counterfeiting is, is what it is. It's 
you got it. It's fractional reserve banking without a reserve requirement. That's just what it is. And it, it's, it's basically the financial equivalent of plutonium. And, and you know, a lot of... Yeah, and a lot of libertarians are for shorting stocks, and I am too. It has a purpose, but there's a difference between shorting a stock and naked short selling it. Whereas when you when you actually short a stock, you, it's a legitimate transaction. Whereas when it's a naked short sell, it's really fraud. Correct? Hallelujah, Hallelujah! Just that basic distinction that you made was so difficult to get people. I feel like I've been out campaigning against sexual harassment, and then other people have been coming back and saying, "Oh, well, this guy doesn't think sex is good." All right, sexual harassment isn't a type of sex. A sea lion isn't a kind of lion. Mm-hmm. Well, naked short selling is not a kind of short selling. Short selling, you're correct. It's valuable. It's good. It injects information into the marketplace. But when people naked short sell, it's illegal. It's in, the information it injects is literally value less because they haven't borrowed the stock that you need to borrow short sell. It's absolutely destructive to American small business. It's fraud. And uh, libertarians oppose fraud. That's right. Boy, man, makes me. I've always been confused by the stock market, and it makes just makes me happier. I've got gold and silver. <laughs> well, think about that crap. well, the gold and silver markets are actually being naked short sold for years in the Comex and a few of the other markets. Yeah, but that doesn't take the gold out of my safe. That's true. That's true. <laughs> true. So, I mean, but although sometimes when they do that in gold, you get these weird periods where the the quoted price for gold, like back in the fall, was you know nine hundred and fifty dollars. But if you went and tried to buy it, you actually couldn't obtain it, or you had to wait 60 days to remember. Did, did you come across that? Oh, sometimes uh, for silver, I understand it. There was, some people had four-month wait to get silver at the, at the current market price, plus premium. Which means that the price isn't really the price. It's that's right. It's because it's being manipulated. That's right. It's because the, that's just an indication that the price is being manipulated, which is it's bad enough for you and me as an investor, but suppose you're some factory owner and you're – yeah, you got actual employees, and you're counting on silver or the gold, more likely the silver that you bought to be delivered because you use it in your manufacturing mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. You have to lay people off. And there were these hedge funds who were going out and doing this, and then when they, when they didn't deliver, they would just say, well, I'll pay 1% a week penalty or something. Like, wait a second, I, you know, I'm an actual manufacturer. I have people that I'm going to lay off. If you, you can't just sell into the marketplace things that don't exist and never deliver and say, well, I'll just pay a little 1% penalty. It's so corrupt. The settlement system is so broken, you can't believe it. So how has that affected your business and the way you do business? Has it... Has it uh... Well, it hasn't. Go ahead. Well, for us, I, I'm sorry. Well, I really divorce it from overstock. It's, I've tried to say this is a big systemic problem. It certainly did affect overstock, and it certainly manipulated our stock price. We made it through. We're profitable. We're, we've, we've done okay. But, uh, you know, they, it's basically called a bear raid where you, you do this, you, you make it short the stock. They have, they, they have some very captured regulators. They have some folks at the SEC who the hedge funds can essentially pick up the phone to and tell them to launch an investigation on such and such a company. They start the investigations, which help create the stock. Many of the investigations go nowhere. They're completely mm. specious, and they just and if you do that, if you do those two things together, and you throw in a lawsuit from Millbrook Weiss, you can pretty much crater a company. Is what wow, they, that's they were, amazing. They were yeah, they, they were basically buying fire insurance on businesses and then burning the businesses down. <laughs> 
it's wild. And using their using their government loopholes and their government connections in order to do it, and it, it ties in. We've said on this show so many times that the the purpose of regulations is actually to protect the establishment, is to protect the people that are connected and, and buddy buddy with the government right. from from competition. And it's a perfect example of how right. you know they're using their governmental connections to hurt people. This, Bernie this, Madoff. This regulation is meant to control these big brokerage companies, but in fact, this regulation of you know when you're supposed to settle really only affects you and I because we're the ones who are going to have to send our stock in in time um, to be able to uh, you know pay for whatever transaction we make or our money in time to pay for the transaction. However, these big brokerage firms they do whatever the heck they want and they just type out a little piece of paper and call it a statement. And can you imagine if you're the CEO of a company and you and at the annual meeting, let's say you've got 20 million shares outstanding and then you get 30 million votes. <laughs> happens all the time. Happens, happens all-, all the time. There was a wonderful article, an investigative piece in Bloomberg magazine called The Corporate Voting Charade, where they, they've discovered they have people on the record from the back office of the, the businesses that count the votes for corporate elections, the back office people saying this is positively criminal. We regularly get two to three times as many votes as there are actual shares. And so at the very least, it is this practice has broken the corporate uh, democratic process. And going back to your earlier point on regulation, you have it exactly right. Economists call it uh, regulatory capture. Society sets up regulators to protect us from industries like the SEC is supposed to protect Main Street from Wall Street. The SEC just becomes a cowboy for Wall Street. It's yep. just a captured regulator. And it ends up doing it the, the bidding of Wall Street against Main Street, and we've seen that with Bernie Madoff. We've seen it. With- you know, I think the term "captured" suggests that uh, at one point it was pure, and I don't know if that's ever been. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that is the case in some some instances, but I think there are plenty of uh, regulations and regulatory agencies that are created through the suggestion of those who are the the heads in industry, and uh, they're populated immediately with uh, those individuals or people that are, are are connected with them. So I would suggest that you know the the whole process itself is just uh, calling it anything that is good for consumers is I think just being dishonest uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any such thing as a captured regulator I think that's uh, it's inherent in the the process of of government a monopoly one size fits all system being controlled by a select few well that's true but you know there are domesticated species there are domesticated species they're never a wild species that's right, and even, if, and even if their hearts were in the right place in the beginning when they were first appointed, let's just say they did appoint somebody who was really regulating and watching over as a watchdog for the consumer, the industry. Well, what happens with the next guy? The, the next guy might get in. He might be a buddy of somebody in the industry, and he's going to look the other way. Just like there was a story about a week ago how a lot of regulators would go into Bernie Madoff's office and look around, and they'd be sending their resumes in. Oh, yeah, his daughter married one of them. Yeah, well, Milton Friedman wrote about this. And he said that it's often started by uh, people, you know, social reformers, people with good intentions. They get, in the early days, great example is the Interstate Commerce Commission. Mm-hmm. It was sort of social reformers who got it started. They thought they were going to protect the public from railroads, you know, sticking them with too high prices. Well, what a, so it, what a, and the railroads fought the creation of the ICC, but then they very quickly learned, hey, instead of fighting this, we'll, we'll use it. And what happens is the regulators discover that if you're a good boy, you regulate lightly. In the ICC's case, they actually set the tariffs and the rates and the ticket prices for transporting cargo. And when trucking evolved in the 30s, they adopted that too. We forget that until the late 70s, every, when you 
truck interstate, all your, all your prices were set by the federal government. And so they set the prices artificially high, the ICC did, because if you were a good boy and you set the prices artificially high and you didn't give licenses to new people to enter your industry, you knew that after 10 or 15 years you could retire and those trucking companies or those railroads would offer you board seats or consultantships with mm-hmm. a lot of money attached. And those don't get offered to the regulators who actually do their job. So it's really, it's really a scam. Yep, mm-hmm. from top to bottom, I would say. All right, well, yeah. very cool. Well, uh, we've uh, certainly uh, t- tapped you out on economics talk. Is there anything, <laughs> uh, anything about uh, overstock that you want to talk, talk about and talk to our listeners about? Well, I could tell something that you libertarians would, would, uh, would or we libertarians would, would uh, like is we've started something, we started eight years ago, something called World Stock. And World Stock is my own little, our own little UNDP. A UN development program, only it's all based on voluntary exchange. We have artisans all over the world. We typically double or triple their income. 6,000 artisans supplying us really nice products. Uh, It's in a store within Overstock called World Stock, and where it's the largest, it's kind of funny because on the the left, there's this whole fair trade movement, and yet we've, uh, we've become, I believe, the largest fair trade uh, endeavor in the country, maybe the world, with the exception of Oxfam, and it's buried within this for-profit company, Overstock.com. That sounds very, that's great. very intriguing. Uh, when did you start this? Started 2001, September 2001, just I think the day, you know, day and, before 9-11. And so basically there are certain, uh, you're, you're saying creators or artisans around the world that uh, you're hiring to uh, create products for Overstock? Is that the idea? That's right. They, there's a woman in Colombia, or we at one point were the largest employer in Afghanistan. 1,500 folks, artisans, 1,300 of them women. And they make for us, they had developed good incomes. They were making, you know, men do, or do carpentry and make benches and nice stuff that women, you know, can be rugs and things. And, you know, there's different. What do you what do you say to uh, the the people? We we get these folks listening uh, to our show on like our Saturday show. We have a whole lot of radio stations on board, uh, so we kind of tend to encounter Joe American a lot on that program. Whereas our internet or our weekday shows are are kind of targeting the choir to some extent. As far as our listeners are concerned, we've got really dedicated, uh, liberty minded people that are going to listen to this this podcast and one of the objections that you get from a lot of people and, and you know you could be you could say they're on the right but they may very well be on the left as well for, for what, whatever those terms mean but the objection is you're taking jobs out of america how do you uh, how do you respond to that one well what i say is we uh you know we're selling tibetan uh or singing bowls or afghani handmade Carpets. I'm not sure there's actually in, anyone in the U.S. making those. <laughs> these are these are pre-industrial age goods mostly. So I don't think there's anyone in the U.S. manufacturing these. Right. And, and, yeah, and it's not the, the other answer is the other answer is if you know what is your say to the person what is your irrational prejudice against people in China? Yep. It's really. You know, um, why, why, it's really odd, but I mean, you know, that's that's how we're taught. You know, we're taught that essentially when a plane goes down in some other country, you hear about a plane going down, and then they say, and no Americans were on board, and you kind of mentally go, as though Americans are this higher species of human than the rest of them. But I, you know, I've, I've got to admit that that's that still sort of goes on in my mind. It goes on in mine, and I feel that way for a lot. Of, I mean, I'm more loyal to Americans than I am to, but. 
partly that has to do that I do think America got it right, and I think it is the last best hope for mankind, and I think we were in very real danger of, of screwing the pooch in that regard and giving away and, and ruining, if we haven't already, mo- you know, most of the things that actually differentiated us and may, uh, from, from the Europeans. And oh, yeah. Everything they got wrong. We had, we had fixed, and then we've just gradually... I think if our founding fathers were around, they would look at where we are and say, well, yeah, this is about what we thought would happen. We, we tried to stop it. We set up a constitution that tried to keep these things from happening, but you've, you guys have done it anyway. So another question, uh, kind of in regards to liberty-oriented mindset and, and overstock, uh, you guys are located in, in Utah. Is the entire business located there, headquarters, warehouse, or, or do, you have, do you have warehouses? How does... How does that work? We do have a warehouse with a million a million square feet here in Utah, and yeah, the whole the whole business is here in Utah. You're gonna ask about internet taxation? Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, what uh, what kind of uh, what kind of regulations do you get to avoid by being an, an internet business? Uh, is it is it a an easier environment to work in? Uh, it has been. There's a real move by the states now to tax internet sales, and to do that, the way the way state tax laws work is they, Rhode Island can only tax us if we have nexus, if we'd have operations in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Well, they have dropped the threshold, and that goes back to a 1991 Supreme Court decision where they just said uh, that if, if you're a catalog company, there are 7,000 different taxing jurisdictions in America, and in, in Paducah, Kentucky, cotton candy is candy, and in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, it's food, and somewhere else is entertainment. So there's all these different... How can any catalog company keep that straight? So it's too onerous on the catalogers or, by extension, internet mm-hmm. companies to, to be taxed. Well, the states are now lowering their standards, and they're trying to get around that, and they're lowering their standards of what counts as having nexus in a state to, to even include just if you have somebody what's called an affiliate, right. uh, internet affiliate marketing person, that that counts as the same as having a warehouse. Yep. So each time they pass a rule, like that in New York or, or Rhode Island or North Carolina, have, we have to unfor- unfortunately just terminate all our relationships with these small entrepreneurs. That is rough. Now, what do you what do you think? I mean, have you heard about the Free State Project? You, are you familiar with that at all? Tell me about it. I, I, it rings a bell, but refresh my memory. Well, you'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll appreciate it. Uh, to move to people moving to New Hampshire and keeping it free. That's well, and hoping uh, to set it more free than it uh, than it currently yeah. is. <laughs> the, the, lots of lots of people from Massachusetts have moved in since you left. Uh, but yeah, yeah the, New Hampshire was chosen. Uh, it was a selection of ten different states. New Hampshire won the the vote between about twenty five hundred people that voted on it initially. The project has reached over nine hundred uh, ninety five hundred people that have pledged to move to New Hampshire and, and get active for liberty. Hundreds have already moved. Uh, we're probably going to be eclipsing the thousand point uh, for people that have already moved at this point. And the the target is to reach twenty thousand uh, liberty minded people coming here to get active. And so far, it's been an amazing experience. Uh, the three of us that you're talking to here today uh, all moved up here from the state of Florida uh, in order to a couple of years ago, three years ago, almost for me and longer for you, Wayne. Uh, and it's been an amazing experience so far. So my question is, uh, let's say New Hampshire decides to be the first uh, state to declare its independence and, you know, cut all the ties with the, the federal government. What do you think the chances would be of uh, maybe relocating some Overstock.com uh, business out here to New Hampshire? Well, I, I'm not. I'm not a believer in taking it that far. I, I want to try to fix it. 
And I think if you do that, there'll be a lot bigger problems between the rest of the United States and New Hampshire than some guy selling, selling toasters over the border. Uh, I'm still hopeful that we can change it. My main focus in the U.S. is the capital markets and the education system. don't know if you know it, but I am the co-chair with Rose Friedman uh, of the Milton and Rose Friedman Foundation for School Choice. My main charity in the United States is, or not charity, but my, I want to get school vouchers. School vouchers is the hope of the republic, I think. How are, you, how are you guys on school vouchers? Uh, you know, I'm I'm very scared of school vouchers. I I think that they could be a step in the right direction, or they could be a way for the federal government to just regulate private schools as much as they've regulate regulated public schools. And you know, I kind of bounce around on them, and I think that uh, the devil is in the details on that one. Yeah, you know, that's just what's happened. Uh, I think it's it's Holland that had school vouchers for decades, and then recently the government has started saying, well, if you take our voucher, then you got to do this, yep. that, and the other thing. And that's no, you don't do want it. that. You, you don't want any, you, you don't want them to have any oversight. The um, whole point is to get this. Unfortunately, when they write crap down, they change their minds later. There's nothing that the average guy can do about it. Look at the Constitution, for instance. I, well, I'm to the point where I think that uh, I think the best way to handle schools would be for parents to get together in a given geographic area. And I think New Hampshire is going to be the most likely place for this to happen. But I think parents who are upset over the government schools, I'm not a parent, but I'm pretty upset that my uh, property taxes are going to pay for this government indoctrination. I think the most sensible thing to do, it's risky, but uh, I think it's going to be the most effective one would be to have those parents withhold that portion of uh, property taxes. Around here, it's something like 60%. I know out where you live, Mark, it's 80%. Uh, so it would be a significant savings for those folks, and they could use that money to, to homeschool their kids or to you know send them off to a private school. And, and if enough people got together and did that all at once, kind of engaged in that level of civil disobedience, I mean, they can't kick them all out of their homes. That's, that's basically what I think will be the most effective. Well, you guys are... More power to you. I hope you stay. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to work within the system a little bit more than you. But, you know, you know a way of doing what you just described is a charter school. If you can get now, in, in New Hampshire, they got a charter school law. And when I left New Hampshire, there had been the law in the books for 10 years. And people had tried 20 times to get a charter school approved, but the educrats had stopped every charter school in its tracks. But a charter school kind of fits what you're describing. Well, somewhat. You know, uh, have you ever seen John Stossel's special called Stupid in America about the education right. system? One of the right. thi- one of the points he brings up that I really like is that in for- some foreign countries that do have a better system than we do, the parents can actually take their money to whatever school they want. So ra- in this country, each school has a territorial monopoly on education in that town or that part of the town. What if you, as a parent, could say, well, you know, I don't like the job you're doing here. I, I want to go over to this school instead, and it would make the schools more accountable that way without vouchers. Yeah, that's a tuition tax credit. That's another way of doing it. What, what I'm really after is school choice, and school choice can be, it can be charter schools. It can be tuition tax credits. It can be vouchers. Anything that makes, right now we have a system where children are allocated by zip code, as you just pointed out, and that doesn't make any sense. And as soon as you have a a market where parents can move their children from one school to another and, and they can choose, what's going to happen is what happens whenever you give consumers choice. The suppliers of the product have to start finding ways to provide better and better quality. You know, the whole point of a monopoly, the way, the reason we business people fight over monopolies is the whole point of a monopoly is to be able to sell an inferior product at an inflated price and capture the difference. That's why for 400 years people try to get monopolies. 
Well, yep. we, we now have a monopoly that's the government school system, and it's selling an inferior product for a high price. So you just got to you got to attack the monopoly not by changing the rules that by which it runs itself, but by give the give the consumer a choice, and the monopoly has to. Patrick, it's been great having you on Free Talk Live tonight. Of course, uh, you are the CEO, President Overstock.com. Uh, we are out of time. We've got to get uh, ready for our radio show. And uh, as we said, uh, this will air later tonight after the show is over and we put the podcast online. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. It's been my honor. Thank you very Sounds much. good. Thank you, thank Patrick. You. Have a great night. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.